call. You do indeed. Just looking at some possums, there mate. There we go. Looking at possums. Just looking at possums. Look at them. They're great. Oh, there's, been some, so, yeah. there's been some quality possums lately, mate, on Possum Every Hour. The, one of the only <laughs> Twitter accounts I follow. They're just possum every hour because like, possums are great. Look at this one. It's just great. It's <laughs> so Ooh. good. So every time you go onto Twitter, you just see like Carl Smallwood likes like 13 images and it's just me and liking nothing but possums. Of course, you can't hear me because my mic has been de-added from every single OBS thing. Oh, no. Oh, look at this one. Look how fast that one was going. Oh, that possum had a place to fucking be. So you should now hear Lucas as well because for some reason my OBS just was like, I'll tell you what would be really fun if every single scene that you've got just, just remove the mic. Just remove the mic. That's oh, all it no did. Reason. Yeah, just why not? Technology, eh? That's not too bad, that, I imagine. It's, it's not that too. It's not like you expect your computer to remember things like that. Like I like. Um, I mean. Oh, so, how have you been, Monfrey? All right, yeah. yeah. You've been all right. I'm safe for that. And then um, this is episode 100 and something or other. We're in the hundreds. We're in the hundreds, yeah. Do you remember what episode number this uh, is? No, because the last one I named just a QA one. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Let's guess. I'm going to guess I'm gonna... 118. No, 117 for Master Chief. I think it was around there. See, I was going to say 116. Let's have a look. What, is it 117 or 116? I don't know, because I don't have any... Uh, oh, you don't have anything logged in? I can go check the page. Like, what we're going to do is live, folks. Uh, oh, you don't put the numbers in the episode titles. I don't. You know what? It fuck it. People off. Lucas, fuck it. It's 117. <laughs> uh, I think it might actually be 114 or 5. You know what? Don't matter. Because, like, the last one I've got here is the last numbered one was mm -hmm. the Joker in the tunnel. The Joker in the tunnel. It doesn't matter either way, but how have you been, Monfrey? Like, and that was 113. But yeah, well, I've been good. I've been good. This is Kyle's Corner. As always, I'm joined by Lucas. Say so hello, Lucas. We forget to do that. Hello, though. Uh, yeah. The titular um, Carl. This is my corner. Okay, my office. Streaming over on the untitled side channel Patreon again. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, a little bit late because of just like tech problems as always. But There's always tech yeah, the problems. plan is that this time of like Wednesday, 2 p.m. Should be streaming the podcast from now on. And that's a uh, British time. So right now, BST. Yeah. Is it not uh, GMT? No, because we're British summertime at the moment. Not Greenwich Meridian time. Got it. Yeah. Because like, Bloody fucking daylight saving time still a thing, isn't it? Stupid lousy farmers. Why can't we just whatever works out better for the farmers, just keep it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing because it works better for the farmers in both ways. The yeah, yeah cause they, obviously they need more time to harvest their fields. So it was like the other day, I was about to go streaming at like eight o'clock at night, and I went, "Why is it still light outside?" <laughs> yeah. like, this happens so gradually that I didn't realize it stays light till about nine o'clock in the evening now. Hmm. Yeah. Like, well, um, it's gone way. from we can walk because Cade's afraid of the dark, like when he's going out and walks and stuff. He doesn't mind the garden as much, but like, great garden. He, he does not want to be um, outside of a night, really. And like, I think so, our walk. Right? Huh? You didn't credit Cade correctly. Giffy famous Dashund. Oh, yeah. Cade. He's getting there. He's getting there. Sorry. But, so um, yeah, so our walking times have gone from like available until like 4 p.m. to like oh we can take them out until like nine o'clock now it's great like we're so, not as in as much of a rush those days in summer where it doesn't get dark till like half 11 at night <laughs> and just you don't know what's going on 
Like you go to like uh, the pub for a few drinks and it gets to like nine and you're like, oh, and you got sunburn and you don't realize it. But yeah, uh, Carl was alluding to the fact that like I have uh, just over 40 gifts of my dog Cade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Destiny reference Cade. Um, and yeah, he's got like 300 something thousand views on it, the like combination on like Giphy. Mm-hmm. So like if you search Legend of Kanto on one of your like GIF search bars, you should just see my dog come up like 40 times. Yeah, and I keep telling you, you need to do what the owners of Grumpy Cat did and just catch the fuck in <laughs> and then pretend that owning a cat is really hard. Because mm-hmm. some of the interviews, like Grumpy Cat's now dead. And they've yeah. tried to capitalize. They've got like Grumpy Cat's brother. They've tried to like sire a lineage of these like um, cats with fucked up faces. And the interviews with them are fucking hilarious because they talk about how difficult it is to manage the calendar of a cat. <laughs> and it's like, if I was getting paid the money that they were to look after a cat, I would fucking like shave its balls every day. Oh, yeah. It's like that classic one, isn't it? The one I was bringing up, like the Wayne Rooney thing, where Wayne Rooney's oh, like, yeah. people don't know, a very firm, uh, famous and well-paid footballer. One morning tweeted out, like, uh, people say being a footballer is easy, but... Like they don't have to get up at six in the morning and eat three bowls of pasta. And it's just top response will forever live on in legend <laughs> of just Wayne for what you get paid. I shove it on my ass every morning. Yeah. It's great. Just complete lack of any perspective on um, mm-hmm. like, you know, how good you've got it. To clarify, when we say like well paid, I think at the time he was earning somewhere in the, I think the milestone of like £80,000 a week or something yeah. like that. That's so, probably what it is. Most like good footballers, you know, get paid like hundred grand a week, two hundred grand a week, a, a decent salary every single week. Yeah, like a, a, literally a decent year's salary paid right to you. But Lucas, you have to week. get up at six in the morning and eat three bowls of pasta. And I say decent, like you know, the fucking eight grand's more than most people earn in a year. Yeah, so um, that's like um, two people living in a household on mm-hmm. a really good middle um, uh, class wage. That's more than they mm-hmm. earn. Yeah. But Lucas, he does have to get up at six and eat three bowls of pasta. It's really, it's really tough. And he says that as if other people that have jobs don't, don't have get tough up at six in the morning. Like other people have difficulties in their job too, Wink. It's on. like that legendary put down from David Dimbleby when he did Question Time and a politician. David Dimbleby. You remember David Dimbleby? When he, did, he used to do Question Time. And um, it was like a politician's on that going like, uh, the public doesn't understand how hard politicians have to work. We have to get up and we have to travel to work. Uh, we have to travel to Parliament every single day. And David Dimbleby just goes, you mean like a job? And the entire <laughs> crowd and the politician, no, it's not like a job. It's different. It's like, how is it different? Everyone in this audience has a job. We know what it's like. <laughs> the only difference is you get paid like 15 times what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... 100% that complete lack of perspective. Yeah. It's like all those... Pol- Do you see the one recently of um, that politician was like, yeah, um, people in Britain, that's too lazy. You can live off 30p a day, cooking-wise. And someone looked and went, you got you claimed £200,000 in expenses last year, including like 15 grand on food. Why, why are you not living on 30p a day? Yeah. I, th- I saw something maybe yesterday or the day before, and it okay. was like person is living off a pound a day to show how rough it really is uh yes uh, that's like in response to that comment there's um a right. guy as like an act of protest because the, the context here is um the, the cost of living's gone up everywhere and in britain mm-hmm. a politician responded to that criticism of like why are you not doing anything to help working class and uh, people on like the breadline live anyway well 
so they're just too lazy. No one knows how to cook these days. Like if and my I've got research that says you can live off thirty p a day. And people are like, mate, you can't even get a bag, you can't even get a fucking Freddo for thirty p these days. The fuck are you <laughs> feeding an entire an entire meal? It's like, what are you on? Mm-hmm. Where you think you can eat and live for that much and live well? Yeah, yeah. And be like, you know, healthy. And just, ugh, it's really bizarre to me that like, yeah, people will sit there and be, oh well, it's easy. All you have to do is like meal plan. So like, yeah, but that really doesn't help when like you've got to feed a family of four or five. Yeah, one and, of which will be a picky eater. One of which yeah, I was going like, to say dietary problems and stuff, and then also give them like nutrition and stuff. And it's no, nah, mate, it's really easy. Just feed them a carrot a day. Yeah, not easy. to mention as well, like politicians get a per diem when they're traveling of like a hundred pounds to feed themselves, and most of them complain that it's not enough. Hmm. That's the worst thing, isn't it? Is they will spend all year, every year, complaining they don't earn enough when they earn way above the average average wage and also get a shit ton of entitlements of, like, expenses and stuff and travel Second house allowance and free travel Mm -hmm. and uh, taxis and pick up from airports and they get to cut straight through, like, um, security when they travel. They don't have to do any of... And they complain every year that they need a pay rise and and yet they don't see the fact that somebody earning... Like a third of their wage without any allowances and out, without any extra benefits and stuff. Oh, yeah, they should be able to support a family. Why can't they? It's 30p. It's good you get a carrot. What are they doing? One, well, car- like one carrot every day. I was going to say, not every meal, though. Like, you've got to split it up across the day because. You've got to give them one carrot, yeah. I think the last time I bought a bag of carrots, because uh, we buy them for Cade as like a snack, I think it was like 39p. What's so a bag you get, of carrots? You can spread you that over three, the week. If you get through two-thirds of a bag of carrots once a day for your entire family, you can live. What's, and then just yeah. drink tap water. It's, it's that thing, like, realistically, yeah. It's like if you spend, like, you know, buy it all in bulk and meal prep, it probably would come to, like, you know, less than a pound a day. But just that thing of, like, handing someone 30p and say, okay, feed yourself. <laughs> feed, feed yourself on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's bizarre. It's, it's great, isn't I, it? But Luke's I could some... technically... You technically just, could. I like guys technically could just buy a couple of kilos of rice every week and just live off rice. But that's like, not technically living, is it? I could survive. You could do that. Yeah, is that living though? Would yeah. you consider that to be a life? That's like, <laughs> like the bare minimum should not be what politicians like advise as being an acceptable goal for how the populace should live. Everyone should be scraping by at all times. Yeah, so well, that's fine. Lucas, we're all in this together. Uh, great, but don't we have to? Speaking oh, of, like you know, looking after ourselves, don't we have to do some housekeeping? If you mention uh, the Patreon, we do. Yeah, do you have your housekeeping? Has uh, that been lost in the shuffle as well? I've only just realised that all my notes just, are gone. Is all your notes gone? So, okay, let's try and remember. First things first, then, Lucas. We have the untitled side channel, Patreon, don't we? We do indeed, and we one of that. the benefits of being a patron at any tier is to watch this live. Yeah, you can watch this clusterfuck go down live. Also, um, we are three patrons away from the goal that we had on the uh, last Shillfest, which still remains, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if like Brad or anything has announced it. But um, the next goal of 800 will lock in the next Shillfest, which is going to be a, um, uh, a tabletop roleplay involving the entire channel run by Brad. Yeah, so, once so we get to... similar to a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, but something that we can complete in, like, one sitting. It's just, like, a one-shot yeah. um, tabletop D&D. Not, not D&D specifically, but I know, just a use tabletop D&D, RPG. Yeah. 
yeah, I've used because it interchangeably for tabletop role playing. Yeah, a lot of people just like us who aren't as familiar just say D and D for anything that's similar to that. But it's, it's you know, like, yeah, it gives like, people a good grasp of what what you might be expecting. It's like MMOs, isn't it? It's like Warcraft. It's not Warcraft, mm. it's a Warcraft type thing. It's like first person shooters, Call of Duty. It's not Call of Duty, but they all and even fall then, it's thing. like. Even then, you made the mistake of saying it's Warcraft because Warcraft is different from World of Warcraft because Warcraft's a strategy game. Oh, it's all the same. It's like and League it's of like, Legends. Yeah. God damn it. It's so, an yeah. archetype of entertainment media. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we will um, be doing that. And basically, I think the idea, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, Brad's running it, but I think the general idea is that Brad will be DMing the campaign for us. Yes. Um, us three, as in Carl, uh, Nisha, and I. We will be the players within the game, and then patron members can help craft scenarios while watching yes. the the stream live as well. So what we'll do is like throughout the playthrough, Brad will no doubt like create polls on the Patreon mm-hmm. that people watching who are parts of it can vote on to influence the way the campaign's going and things of that nature. So you can maybe uh, be you know naughty or nice in terms of helping us three out trying to get through our campaign and yeah i'm i'm sure knowing brad that it's going to be like at some point you know we'll get some references like we'll fight the fact fiend or something like that yeah there'll be like there'll be silly stuff there will be no doubt shenanigans that occur and that's like to the patreon we also have the uh the carl's corner qa at gmail.com if so we've still got a bunch of them left over aren't we so we might have to do another q episode quite soon to get through those so Uh, yeah we'll have to because as we we only did like a half QA episode, so maybe we'll do another similar half QA episode like in a week or two. Yes, so we've got that to do, and then there's obviously the uh, the socials for the channel, which include the TikTok, um, which is just at Fact Fiend Official, the Instagram, which is at Fact Fiend Official. We'd have a Twitter account for the um, uh, Fact Fiend because I do have it and it's registered, but I forgot my mm-hmm. login. Same for the Tumblr. <laughs> so they're the only uh, two social medias we have at the and moment. And the the side channel socials are locked in, but We've not done anything with yeah we've not done anything yeah. with them so we do own those but we've just all been way 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 too busy and then we normally do our plugs at the end of the podcast itself but did i miss anything we do indeed um i try to remember try to use my older uh, male swede up here to help you we have we have merch do we have merch we do have merch yes there's the um the official fact fiend merch store in collaboration with psycho um uh, you can find a link to that below as well i was well, gonna say it? i presume that's just gonna be a link below because carl doesn't have it memorized i don't have the uh, the link memorized no but um there is some news on that um, because that's being run and handled by my girlfriend she mm-hmm. has started reaching out to artists because the as the store as it stands just has like a couple of quite simple designs in it ones that we could yeah. get printed and produced and shipped on mass quite quickly um mm-hmm. uh, in anticipation of the live event where we wanted to like you know use that as a, uh, a testing ground of sorts um, she has reached out to an artist friend of hers and is currently getting a redesign of the Fact Fiend logo in their style. And that's something we're going to try and do every couple of weeks or months, depending on how quick we can um, uh, get turned around mm-hmm. on this, of reaching out to artists and getting them to redesign our logo in their own style and doing limited runs. Similar to the Knowledge Demon with Psycho. Yes, that's what inspired it, yes. And we thought that's a mm-hmm. good way of advertising it. Like Rather than just have okay, a new thing got added, do a limited run so we can like, you know, do pre-orders and just get it all printed and sent out. And that way we as well, we can support and uh, advertise artists that we work with. Hell yeah. So there will be an update to that um, uh, soon. I also believe she wants to get some stuff um, in the pipeline for Pride because Pride is um, June, July. Uh, but we won't be able to do shirts for that, unfortunately, because the turnaround on shirts is a couple of weeks. 
I was going to say, that seems like we're probably a little bit behind on that yeah. to get it done in time for, for Pride, yeah. It's something I had to tell her where she's like, oh yeah, it's only, we've got like three or four weeks and then the way business works is we'd need to have planned this like three, four months ago at least. Mm-hmm. It's going to take at least a month to get a turnaround on the designs. So maybe next month. year. Yes. Well, <laughs> she's going to do like some stickers and some badges and things like that and get those printed and sent out. And uh, I believe, I don't know the exact way the profit will get broken down for transparency's sake, but um, uh, she'll be handling that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. There will be some profit sharing thing with um, uh, various charities supporting um, uh, those causes. Lovely. Yeah. And uh, I want to get some as well because I just can't wait to get the little Fact Fiend logo just holding a little gay pride flag. I'm like, <laughs> that's a great one. I, keep, I still keep thinking that's we need to idea. do that. I always, again, though, well, because of how far ahead we have content going out, I forget every single year for pride to say, make the green screen a rainbow flag. I forget every year to suggest that. I mean, depending on uh, on events, maybe I could I could do that for a couple yeah. of videos. Well, maybe we could do something for it. We'll like find. I've written a couple of articles that could be a tangentially related to that idea. I'm or maybe we can do a like. Or maybe we could do a focus because we've started to do focuses again. I want to do a focus mm-hmm. on that idea we've broken down in a podcast before of corporate cynicism, oh, fuel, yes. fueling social change. Because that's another one of those ideas I think I want to break down properly in a video, similar to when I did like the jokes oh. and memes one. Of like my philosophical, like um, uh, academic stance on the idea of jokes and mm-hmm. uh, offence and things like that. I want to do one on corporate cynicism fueling social progress and change. I, I can't remember the example. But I literally remember having this discussion last week with uh, my girlfriend of just like, oh yeah, seeing something and being like, oh, that's like, I know that they're supporting women for the wrong reasons, but, but they're still supporting. They're women. still supporting women, so it's a win. It's a, a win with a bit of a sour aftertaste, but at yes. the same time, it's like, it's still a win. You've got to see it that way. It, it is the social progress version of Marvel movies, cynically putting like, you know, Shang-Chi. That, that is mm-hmm. a very cynical move to so after 20 movies and establishing the brand, now we can put Asian people in it. Mm-hmm. But there's still... Because now we know it's a safe bet. But it's still an Asian-led movie with Asian people behind the camera and in all aspects of production. And they will still get a boost from that film and be able to find their own way in the industry. Like, I imagine that Simu Liu is going to be a very successful movie star off the back of this. You can just see a tiny baby spider crawling across more. No, you don't want it's that. like, it's coming at me. But it's that thing of, I can imagine cool. that he's going to be like a very successful um, star in Hollywood. I think so. As and a like result he was of already, this. I think he was already getting like a little bit of um, mm-hmm. fame off Kim's convenience and then like, Obviously, being the star of a Marvel movie and probably multiple Marvel movies, just at this point in time, that is like a rocket up people's ass in terms yes. of the career. And uh, whilst the idea behind from Disney is no doubt got some cynical aspects to it, the end mm-hmm. result is still an Asian person is now a star and he's very outspoken about Asian representation. So the end result yes, will be yeah. more Asian people getting into the industry. And it's that thing with Pride Month of, yeah, they're putting gay pride flags on their stuff to sell more products, but that still means that the idea of gay people just existing in the world is now being put out there by virtually every corporate entity. And that's a pretty welcoming thing for people who fall um, uh, into that minority group. Of They just get to see that you are accepted, even though it is by it is. a corporate entity that wants to get their money. Yeah, uh, but, you know, a win's a win. Win's as... a win, yeah, that's what I mean. Whether it's by an inch or a mile, he's still won. Yeah. And, uh, I want to do a focus on that of um, uh, corporate cynicism and then use that maybe as a joke of like, now we've got some fact fiend pride pins. And I'll probably donate seen... all my funds from that to uh, like the Trevor Project or something or other. Mm-hmm. Seen like the opposite 
um, uh, to progress that has happened over the past couple of days. You can say, you just say America. Oh, no, no, no. You just say, like, everything happening in America. I'm not even touching that with a barge pole because, like, it's been fucking categorically, like, a horrible week over there. Yeah, and it has been discussed Um, to death as well by people much more knowledgeable than ourselves. And it is an ongoing story. Yeah, uh, I wanted to, like, go a little bit less hard on the news than that. I would just be like, have you seen the, just, the asshole that is Ricky Gervais has done it again? Oh, yeah. Do you know, I, I only realised that he did that because the hard drive put out what may, might be the greatest tweet they've done so far. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? What the uh, hard drive put out? I think so. If, okay, if, so. If, if, I think I'm thinking of the right thing. Okay, so the context is that uh, Ricky Gervais, Lucas, what's he done? Uh, he just made really boring, tired, transphobic jokes on his latest comedy special. Yeah, going down the same path as Dave Chappelle and things. And uh, No, 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 going down the same path that Ricky Gervais yeah, went uh, yeah. down years ago and is still just like staunchly defending his right to be an arsehole. Yeah, and uh, the hard drive in response just put out an article saying Ricky Gervais starves to death after fire wipes out all of the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> and it's just perfect. Yeah. And the best bit about that is Ricky Gervais is a known searcher of his own name online which mm-hmm. I think we've talked about before, he searches his own name online. So it's one of those things where if you want to criticize him on Twitter, misspell his name because otherwise he might find it and retweet it and then all of his weirdo followers will yell at you. God. So he's going to see that and get very mad about it, but he can't ever publicly say anything because his whole shtick is like, you get so offended these days. Like, Ricky, why are you so offended that people are saying you're not funny? I thought it was really funny that people started sharing that older or oldish Mm-hmm. James Acaster video. Oh, of him just saying, yeah, do you know who's really had it too easy for too long? Trans people. Thanks, Ricky, for telling them what And he's fun. like, yeah, that's a joke that James Acaster made years ago of like, oh, um, some comedians will be like horrible against like the transgender community and then just say like, oh, I'm just challenging people. Am I too challenging for you? And that's a joke that James Acaster made years ago and Ricky Gervais is like so shit at doing his job that he can't even come up with anything new when he's being taken the piss out of like that it's like he's been so lazy in his joke telling that something from years ago that james icaster was taking the piss out of him from he hasn't moved on from that style yeah and when you're a and that's the thing i think we talked about in the jokes and memes um uh, video that i did of Mm. it doesn't the idea of whether a joke is offensive is a moot point the idea of comedy is to move forward to Mm -hmm. challenge to create new things so if you're still stuck telling old, tired jokes that rely on stereotypes that are very boring and well-known, you are not a good comedian. It doesn't matter whether or not the joke's offensive. The fact is you're telling a bad joke yeah. because it's not funny because we know the punchline. We know the punchline to a joke that evokes the stereotypes of uh, a given minority group. So therefore, that's a bad joke. It doesn't matter if it's offensive or not. It's just not funny because we, we know the punchline. If you know the punchline to a joke, it's not a good joke. And we know the punchline to every joke Ricky Gervais is making because it's always the same. Yeah. And he's not grown as a comedian or challenged himself as an artist. And, like, all it is is taking the piss off of, like, the concept of a transgender person. I'm like, you're not even trying to say anything about this, are you? You're just saying, like, trans people exist and it confuses me. Ha, 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 joke, joke, joke. It's like, it's not funny. It's just offensive and like completely 
disenfranchising an entire group of people that just want to be humans. Like, they just want to be treated like everyone else. Yeah, it's lazy. That's all it is. And that's what yeah. makes it so funny because he holds himself in such high regard as a uh, a comedian who pushes boundaries. Because he always talks so proudly, like, yeah, I go to the Golden Globes and make fun of celebrities. And he's like, no, you don't. Mm. That's one rich person having a bunch of in-jokes with a bunch of other rich people. Mm-hmm. And all those jokes get signed off on by the Academy and stuff. You're not actually speaking any truth to power. You just, you are part of the system you're trying to criticize. You're not good at this. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to like, we don't really need to, to weigh on this subject too long because we've been over it before, I guess. But like, that's what makes it funny. Yeah, it's already just... a discussion that's been had multiple times. And he's coming in with his, like, you know, not, what's the opposite of hot, cold? Cold takes. <laughs> like straight out of the freezer. Yeah, he's had his takes in the freezer since like 2015. He's just, do you know like when you forget to defrost something? Yeah. You know when your mum says take the chicken out of the freezer and defrost it and you forget? <laughs> and you get it out and you try and cook it and it's got like, or you leave like a chicken breast in the back of the, um, your freezer and you get it out it's all freezer burned and you try cooking mm. it and it tastes like shit and you're like, why do we even bother? Why do we not just throw this away? It's clear yeah. that this is past its prime. There's no way we're ever going to enjoy this. Like it was, it wasn't fresh when we put it in the uh, in the freezer, and it's definitely not fresh now. <laughs> oh dear! So yeah, just like, I mean, fuck anyone that's making transgender jokes, but like, as we say, that his literal job is to move on and be with the times, and he's still making the old, awful, horrible jokes and can't think of anything new. Tell new jokes, yeah. It's the uh, the Patrice O'Neill quote I always like to use, which is um, when he got asked about people stealing his jokes. And he's like, well, I don't mind if someone steals my jokes because I'll just write new jokes. I'm a comedian. That's my job. If they're stealing my old jokes, I'll write new ones that are about things that are happening right now. And that's the thing is, if those people are stealing jokes, then they're not going to have the forethought to be able to make new ones. Yeah. If their entire job is just reposting and reusing other people's jokes later on when they're less relevant, then the people with actual skill are going to come out on top. Same thing with um, people making jokes relying on tired stereotypes. Like eventually, people will move on past those ideas because mm-hmm. not not even because you know they find them offensive, but because they find them lazy. There's only so many times you can watch the same TV show, you can listen to the same song before you're like, oh, I want to hear something new. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be new in the sense that it's like you know released recently. It just has to be a different voice or something different in context and tone. And if he's only releasing content that falls into the same thing. Like, well, go, why would I listen to his new stand-up? I just go listen to his old stand-up. He said yeah. he told the same jokes. He's been banging on about the same shit for ten fucking years. Yeah, he was he was a lot funnier when he just stuck to telling jokes about animals being weird mm. and, and not uh, like just dunking on entire portions of humans. That's like, why you have like that great no Frankie reason. Boyle bit. It's where he breaks down like Ricky Gervais bangs on all the time about his care for animals. He's a really huge proponent of animal rights. Why can't he apply that same effort to caring about people? Mm-hmm. Oh dear. You also have like the yeah. only good one of those like Joe I identify as jokes was told by Frankie Boyle of um I generally respect people's pronouns and how they want to be referred to, but Ricky Gervais identifies as a comedian and that's fucking incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just that thing of like, that's one of the only, and that's like an inversion of that old joke, isn't it? Like Mm -hmm. he identifies as a comedian. I do not respect his opinion. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> he wouldn't either. If he won't no. respect people's opinions to really like identify about the gender that they choose to identify, I'm not going to choose to identify him as a comedian. Mm-hmm. That's why I think every time they just write Ricky Gervais like comedian, they should put it in quotation marks. Just that's all they need to do because you know that annoy him. Just every single time there's an article written which, which you know he's reading and touching his knob. He is like stroking is, it somewhat fierce reading all these articles about how much he's pissed people off. It's like then, as you say, when you make that joke, it's like, oh, sorry, Ricky. Are you offended by that? That's what's so funny about it. Is that too challenging a joke for you? That's the funniest thing about it. Like I said, he name searches himself on Twitter to yell at people who say he's not funny and mm-hmm. then goes on stage and says that people need to stop getting so offended. And the instant it's something that attacks him, he's quick to jump out of like, well, I'm a millionaire. So like, yes, you are. Yeah. Now, you, that means that you have enough money where you can fuck off and not give a shit about your Twitter presence. And that's what he does. And that's what's so funny about it. It's the, um, the ultimate projection, isn't it? So, I don't know. Uh, unless he becomes like an untitled side channel patron, he can't actually do anything. There's no comment section on the podcast, so... Well, that's the thing. How's he going to come at us? I wouldn't want to listen to him anyway. No, I wouldn't, but, like, I just love the idea that, he, he, you know, someone makes him listen to this podcast, like, they're having a go at you. He's like, well, how do I respond? So, well, you don't. There's nowhere to respond, sorry, unless you pay us to respond. And at that point, you know what, I'll listen. He's petty enough to do it. <laughs> there's, a, there's stories from people who've um, criticised his stand-up before, and his shows are saying they're not funny. And he's, like, written letters to their editors and used his TV connections to try and get them fired. Oh, Says so like that's the he's used his TV connections to try and get people fired for saying he's not funny. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it would be a lot easier. Well, maybe not for him, but it'd be a lot easier to just tell better jokes. Yeah. You don't even need to tell better jokes, just different jokes. They don't even need just to be better. Jokes. Different. Just jokes. Yeah, jokes would be nice. <laughs> but that's the thing of like, and it's one of those just hilarious. Um, uh, um, uh, just signs of how hypocritical he is. He's happy to do all this, but like I said, he has used his influence and power to um, uh, get people fired from TV or try to get well, them fired anyway. It's the exact same thing of um, Elon Musk being like, well, Twitter needs to be a free speech platform and everyone's just digging up articles of this is when Elon Musk used the power to silence this person, this person, this person, this person. Yeah. Is that when right? Elon, okay. like that, though, my favorite one about that is when he personally cancelled someone's order for a Tesla when they criticised him online. He personally went in, dug up their name for their order for a Tesla and cancelled it. Oh, dear. It's always always uh, projection. Over the last day or so, was he, like, put out his his build on Elden Ring and everyone's just dunking on the fact that he can't even make a build in Elden Ring properly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Uh, why have you got two shields equipped? What's going on? What are you doing? You're not bad. Oh, that's so funny. But I, I love all stuff like that because it's always just you can immediately see through people like that. Like they put on this mm-hmm. front of like absolute confidence of like I don't care about anything, and inside they are so so insecure. They crave I imagine, attention. I can't imagine how insecure you've got to be to have that amount of success and money and still be searching your own name online to go name find ser- people in the comments. Name search yourself on Twitter. It's the equivalent of like when children learn a bad word, and they know and mm. they don't really think about why they're saying it they just want to say because they know that when they do people pay attention to them but it's a fully grown adult millionaire (laughs) is fully grown the right word 
Well, but maybe physically. Yeah. And it's one of those things as well where um, you're, one of the things I like about Ricky Gervais um, is you'll notice he always wears a black T-shirt on stage. That's because he's really fat. And he wears it to be slimming. And it's not nice to make fun of the way someone looks, but Ricky Gervais would do it. He literally does. Yeah. And like, you know, he, he did admittedly lose quite a bit of weight, but then he's still like, I think he, because he's he made a joke it. at some point of like, oh yeah, well, I've got to wear black on stage because that's the only way I don't look as fat. Yeah. But it's something he is legitimately um, uh, self-conscious about. So mm-hmm. I implore people to make fun of it, him for as much as you can, as much as possible. It's like, this is the man that said, um, made a joke along the lines of like, oh, people... Uh, fat people say it's not their fault as like stuffing cake into the face or, or something yeah. along those lines in that vein it's like bad comedians it's like they say it's not their fault they tell like people just like they just they come out the trans jokes they just fly out the mouth they don't know what they're doing <laughs> they can't help it oh god yeah, anyway have you got anything like of a lighter note yeah, that's the thing. There's not really much to say about it because we've already discussed that exact concept. And that's the thing. The fact we've had the exact conversation before and gone over all the points just shows how outdated those like things are. It's like, even from the perspective of can you tell these jokes, it's like, yeah, you should be able to make anything a joke, realistically. But if you're telling a joke that everyone knows the punchline to, it's a really fucking shit one. Maybe don't do it. If you've been paid like $50 million from Netflix to like tell jokes, tell jokes I've not heard before. And also, like, do Netflix screen these things? Because like no. they already got in shit about letting Dave care. Chappelle make boring old transphobic jokes, and now they they're letting care. another comedian do it. It's like just big sigh, big sigh. That, I just wanted to one. remind people that like Ricky Gervais is just a shit comedian with tired transphobic jokes. Yeah, well, that's what happened with Dave Chappelle as well, where he went to a school. So that's the thing. Like when it came to having a discussion about like you know the jokes that he told, he went to a mm-hmm. school. So he went to talk to children. So that's the level of like maturity you felt, you know, he could um, uh, argue with. Took away all their phones, so they couldn't film his responses. Um, oh, shit, only yeah. invited like six or seven kids who'd had their questions screened beforehand to ask him questions. And then one of when one of them criticised him for the jokes being lazy, um, bragged about how rich he was. And that's like you're going out there on stage and talking about how like you know you're a modern day philosopher speaking truth to power and you can't even win an argument with fucking children. <laughs> it's like children like, who questions you screened and didn't let them have their phones. Yeah. So you were in like it was a completely isolated scenario. So basically, he went to a school so he could yell at children. Set up for perfect success and still managed to fuck it up and just be well, like, oh, I've got money. Well, I remember when that happened and I took his exact quotes and put them onto one of his skits. Like the player haters ball, where it's about people who are so fucking petty, they go on stage to yell at people they don't like. And his <laughs> quotes fit over the character he played in this skit, making fun of that exact kind of person. Just goes to show, like... Always you know. become the villain. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the, the villain. Or maybe just keep trying to actually, you know, stay fresh as a comedian... And nah, for that. move with the times. Try uh, move because that takes work. It does. But that, that Dan takes... DeVito put the work in. He did. He was willing to do it. So I, work in... I just I I think to myself, I'm like, well, you can't argue that. Oh, it's just the person is old and needs to be stuck in the ways because we literally Danny have a, a modern day example of guy that refused to do so. Danny DeVito mm-hmm. on that, and you also have people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, who is like very very. He's still a 
Republican in his like economic beliefs, but he's like very, very outspoken about um, uh, personal liberties and rights. And there's an amazing like put down he did where he's um, for many years been an ambassador for the Special Olympics, mm-hmm. and he posted a photo of himself um, at the Special Olympics, and someone left a very disparaging comment about the person in the photo with him, and he just absolutely shut them the fuck down and said <laughs> everyone in this photo has like more courage heart character and personality than you will ever have you have reached a point in your life where you have a choice you can choose to be better choose to move past these horrible bigoted beliefs or continue down this path and if you continue that path i can promise you one thing nobody will ever remember you and imagine the terminator telling you that <laughs> and that's the thing is like it's like no one will ever remember you you it's will like, just be he has learned the ability to become a terminator with just words only yeah. right there it's like you will die forgotten, and uh, and if you're not forgotten, you will be um, uh, just hushed, hushed away. Mm-hmm. It's like your beliefs I do not fit with the world in which we live, so you will not be allowed to participate in the world that is being built. Man, and it's just that thing of like so fucking brutal. That's a put down and a half. It is, isn't it just no one will ever remember you. But oh, like KO. There's just no way you can come back from that. No, that's brutal. But it's a good you know, one, isn't it? I I do want to point out that it is you know very possible for people to be on the white right wing of the political spectrum and still give a shit about human rights. It's just yeah. that you know often the time it's very very uncommon. It's, that's it's not the... not necessarily common in terms of like public figures, but it's it's one of those things of like yeah, I don't necessarily think that just because you're a white right-wing person that you're a horrible bigot or anything but it's just that those venn diagrams happen to over uh, like yeah. you know intersect quite a lot well i think that happened to me when i was streaming the other day where um just while playing metal gear revengeance mm-hmm. and someone just said like oh man this game like i don't like because i was just making the joke because in revengeance if people don't know in the, there's a mission in the game where you encounter a bunch of police officers. And the police officers try to harass you riding the robot. And you fight mm. the police officers. And I just commented on the fact that this might be one of the most ballsy things in a video game I've ever seen. Because this is a video game released like 10 years ago. And this is something I've never even seen discussed about the game. Because it's currently undergoing like a critical reanalysis. And mm. I've yet to see someone comment on this fact. Um, this, is a, this is a video game in which it is presented as the morally correct choice to kill police officers. Right, yeah. And you're, yeah. Not, playing as, you're not playing as a bad guy. It's not like Grand Theft Auto, where you can shoot police officers. It is your mission to kill the police, and they are wearing police uniforms with police written on their back, and there are police cars everywhere. In America, you are cutting them to ribbons, and it's presented as the morally correct choice to do so. And I've mm-hmm. never heard anyone talk about that. Because that's like super fucking on the nose and something I've never seen in a video game. Can you think of any video game where it's presented as the correct choice to kill the police? No, because that's the thing, isn't it? Normally either you're playing as the police or you're playing as, a bad you guy. know, at very least a morally grey character and murdering yeah. cops is seen as a bad action. Yeah, and you are usually punished for it. And in that game, it's presented as, not only do that, you get a style means to pop up when you start doing it. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that I'm going to sit here and say that it's morally good to murder anybody. But that's the thing in the game. In the context of the game, it's presented as the correct choice Mm -hmm. to do. And it's more just like the idea behind 
oh, for once they are making the cops not the good guys. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, was really interesting because, as I said, I've never encountered any piece of media, really, where that's the case. And it's something I've not seen discussed about that game. And I just mentioned that offhand, and some person was like, well, I don't think that's really a political thing. And I just, like, I had to pause the game and, like, look at the camera and be like, just look at what I'm doing. And I unpaused the game and I did like a five hit combo on this police officer and cut his ankles off. And when the style meter pops up on screen, I'm like, are you sitting? What game are you watching? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then there's also, there is also the argument of like, they deal a lot in that game of how moral a character is. Raiden. Raiden, Raiden. It's, it's right. What... You're supposed to pronounce it Raiden, but it's Mortal Raiden Kombat. in Metal Gear, but Raiden in Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat right? Yeah, because yeah. they mispronounce it, and um, one of the, that, that just resulted in the guy being like, "Oh, well, I don't, like, you know, um, really like political games," and I'm like, "Everything's political. Every piece of media is political." I Either believe that Metal Gear creation. Solid, Metal Gear Solid, just has no politics in it. Guys. That's what cracked me up. So. The end of that game is a speech against a US senator arguing that the war economy is good and worth sacrificing children for. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's no politics in here. It's like the most on point. Or it's, it's the hardest you could possibly miss a point. And during that yeah. discussion in like you know, that unfolded on Twitch, the guy was like, look, I'm, I am on the right wing, but I'm not racist. And I just said, look, mate, the fact that you have to clarify I'm right wing, but I'm not racist means that you're aware that saying that means people think you are. And the fact that that insinuation exists says a lot. It doesn't... It's, like, it's not painting everyone with the same brush, but no. it says a lot that it would even come to your mind as a right-wing person that, like... To clarify... I'm clearly that. aware that other people in the right-wing are often racist, so I and, will clarify yeah. that I am not. And it's that thing of, like, that singular sentence. It said a lot, but it wasn't saying what the guy thought he was saying. Mm-hmm. Of like, look, I'm right wing, but I'm not political, and it's like you've made a point there. You don't, you don't realize the point you've just made, but it's a very good one. And um, I just, oh god, that's. I thought that was an interesting thing of like a piece of media where you are rewarded for killing the police, and it's presented as the morally correct choice. There's definitely a lot of um crime, like not necessarily crime stuff, like prison, um, films and TV mm-hmm. shows and stuff that like might show like. Not necessarily cops, but, you know, prison guards and stuff as the bad guys. Yeah, being corrupt and, and stuff like that. I'm yeah, not saying it's like, you know, it doesn't think... happen. No, and, like, obviously, Batman, like, a lot of the time, it's about how, like, how police well, the, the police are all corrupt, but... But not something that on the nose of literally police officers in a uniform. style meter for comboing the skeletons out of police officers, like... Yeah. yeah. And it's that thing of it, it's so overt that I'm surprised there's not been any wider discussion about what this actually means, mm-hmm. either from um, people like, you know, who identify um, politically with myself or the weird right-wing people. Because I'm surprised that they've not got that message or they're not like, annoyed by that. Because I said, like, as far as I'm aware, all the discussion about this game that's resulted in it becoming like a meme has been mm-hmm. people like, wow, this game's great. I've not seen that YouTube thumbnail of some fucker with a beard complaining about how it's like um, uh, liberal propaganda. Well, Carl, if you tune into the entire <laughs> side channel soon, <laughs> I'm just going to make that up. But that's the thing, yeah. I was like wondering, like, why has that not happened yet? Because it's not like this is subtle. It's literally on screen. It's like there's no subtext here. It's just the message is right there. Mm-hmm. Because 
Yeah. Well, apparently, people still missed it because I had someone live on air go, oh, there's no politics happening right now. This game isn't political. It's like, what? I mean, just as I alluded to a minute ago, just remember that that's, there's that famous tweet of, I just wish video games would go back to to not being about politics and just being about games like Metal Gear Solid. And Fallout. And it was like, Metal Gear, that's the game that you're going to die on this hill of games used to not be political. The like Metal Gear Solid 3 literally starts with, at the beginning of the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first line in the game is talking about the Cold War. But even like straight away with um, Metal Gear Solid, I have not played the Metal Gear Game Boy games, but no. I played Metal Gear Solid a bit, and it's like it just straight away starts out with talking about Metal Gears and nuclear weapons and yeah. trying to disable these um, these horrible weapons that are going to destroy the world and stuff. It's like yeah. you think that the idea of nuclear deterrence and whether they are politically correct and the right like moral thing to do. You're saying that that's not in any way got a political statement behind well, it. Yeah, that's why it comes down to that quote I always say. And I'm pretty sure I came up with it. But okay. I'm, I'm, I'm secretly worried that I may have accidentally cribbed it from someone else and not realised. But mm-hmm. a quote I always say is, all media is political. Um, if you don't think that it is, it either agrees with your politics or you're too stupid to realise what it's trying to say. And that has held true um, for like the five, six years we've been on YouTube and I've consistently had people try and argue against that because every single time I've ever mentioned that, I'll always get someone try and do that sarky thing of like suggesting something they think is non-political. I think someone mentioned like Crash Bandicoot on stream. And I went, well, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum. So there's probably people who, you know, their political beliefs will bleed into it somehow. There's also like, you know, racist representations of native people with like Papu Papu and things like that. You might not see that that as political. changed over the time, yeah. Yeah. Or that you might not think that's political. What I'm guessing the people from those native groups do. Well, and even like, um, you know, the the tiki masks themselves. Yeah, like they've they've like you know come under a bit of fire because of just the way that they represent um, different cultures and stuff. Yeah, and it's like it's stereotypical. You're just you're just making a cartoon out of something that you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think so funny because every t- every single time I've ever made that point, someone will always try and do the gotcha of like, oh, I'll mention. In, and usually as well, my favourite is when people mention a kid's show. Uh, hang on. I hope oh, that okay. I didn't uh, stop our stream. My OBS just did the notification thing of like, disconnected from the internet, what? reconnected. It's like, it says we're still live, so okay. Okay. Should be good. Yeah, because um, my favourite thing to happen when you mention that, someone will mention like a kid's show. And most kid's shows are political, I'm going to point out, because almost every single kid's show has the same message, and that is love and understanding it is respect everyone um, even those different from yourself and mm-hmm. have self-confidence that is absolutely a political message especially in today's climate yes the simple act like even shows that just have like you know kids in them generally will have kids from many different backgrounds mm-hmm. that again is a political thing because the exist people's right to exist in many cases is questioned by some in power yeah and then i the way i turned it around once and a guy is like oh well, how is poor patrol political right? well it is because you know it's understanding and peace for everyone but the fact that you can't seem to pass the message imparted by a children's tv show again it says a lot but not what you're you think it says and the guy just blocked me yeah because like, it's, if, un- if it's you... unfortunate that saying like everyone should get along together and it exist is. together in a friendly manner is political but it is political unfortunately absolutely yeah 
And just that thing of like the fact that some people out there are so fucking stupid. Again, the, the too stupid to understand or pass the information like imparted by Paw Patrol. The fact they can't understand what a children's TV show is trying to say, even though it's like the most basic explanation of all of these concepts. It's it like, says a lot. How do you not understand that there's a message of be good to everybody? And if you don't understand that that message is political in any way, then yeah, what, what rock are you living under? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's something else that happened during that stream of a guy who was like, oh, I don't tend to engage with politics. And I said, well, that's, you know, a pretty political choice in of itself because the fact that you've said that means that I can tell many things about you. One, you're probably white. You're probably a man. And I can tell those things because that is a statement that only someone who is completely absolved of having, who can speak about politics in an abstract sense would make because they don't impact their very being or existence. It's, it's spoken from a place of privilege, isn't it? Where, yeah, it's like, spoken from these politics that I can ignore, um, I can only ignore because they don't really affect my day-to-day -day life. Which is a political stance. Mm -hmm. Like being apathetic to the plight of others because it doesn't directly impact you because you hold a certain amount of privilege within society. That's a political thing. And that's one of those things where I point out. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you don't think so? You've just said you don't have to care. Like You don't interact with it because you don't have to care. Mm -hmm. Do you watch the news? Like 51% of the population in America is like currently having to fight for their right to not die? Mm -hmm. Or have their bodies policed? Like yeah. that's something you can ignore because it doesn't affect you. Because I don't see why that's the case. How would your mother think about that? That's always the question, isn't it? Like, what yeah. would your mum think that you're completely apathetic to women's rights? Yeah, and that's a sad thing that the only real way to get through to people like that is if it directly concerns them. So you have to like, mm -hmm. evoke the imagery or thought of a woman in their life. Usually a woman which they feel they have like some sense of ownership over, like a sister or a wife or a partner. And they can't just do it out, out of the goodness of their hearts or because it's the um, they feel like, morally obligated to do so. It's like, well, how does this personally affect me? Well, it might affect a woman that I care about. Mm-hmm. Which could negatively impact me somehow. Well, not great, eh? It's not. Isn't that great, Lucas? Doesn't don't you feel amazing? Doesn't this make you feel big and fluffy and warm inside? No. Uh, that stitch behind me does sometimes. <laughs> Just looking at him. It means family. No, fuck you. You leave stitch out of this car. That's the one. He's an illegal alien living in a single-parent household. Mm -hmm. Well, not I even a single-parent household, a zero-parent yeah. household. You're living in a non-nuclear family household. Mm -hmm. But there's no message there, Lucas. There's no message in that children's movie. And that's the thing. It's like what, you can break like every, anything down like, in those terms and just... When there's an alien like making sure that they belong to a family of like humans... Yeah. And then also, like, you know, at the end of it and, like, you know, with Lilo and Stitch, like, sequels and the TV show and stuff where they also get, like, the other aliens that were originally hunting them down, they get exiled. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, oh, no, no they adopt this. them into the family as well because everyone deserves to be treated. Like, uh, respect and dignity you know. and they everyone deserves, like, you know, the comfort of a home. And, and everyone deserves a family. Care. And family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Yeah. And that's yeah. the one, it's like, there is a mess, and the only, what, what I find most depressing about that argument, that when someone says like, oh no, this isn't political, 
is they're basically like arguing that there's no art or that there's no message or meaning behind that art. Mm-hmm. Which basically is like trying to, it's like saying, do you make food? Imagine food if it didn't have nutrients. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what you say. It's like arguing food doesn't have nutrients or like, con- like content in it that provides sustenance to the body. And that sustenance might not be good. Like, you know, it might have like, you know, be nice and healthy with minerals and vitamins and all that good stuff in it. It might be full of like, you know, fat and stuff that's dangerous for you. It might be full of like, additives and all those things, but it still contains something. And it was a choice to include that stuff within it. And media is created in the same way. I just want to know. Like vitamins and minerals with like no morals and messages. It's like, what is the meaning behind Elden Ring other than fuck you? (laughs) (laughs) What what is the intent behind Elden Ring other than making me feel like a shit player? Yeah, there's a lot in there, isn't there? There's all that lore about um, uh, like kings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I I don't know like the lore off the top of my head, but like it's the argument that art has no message or meaning to it is so it's so depressing to me because it means that the person wants to live in a world well, where nobody has anything to say i won't get into spoilers too much but the entire mm. premise is like that you as a tarnished person are being told and following orders to essentially break down the entire system and like burn yeah. it all down burn it all down and then everyone keeps telling you every step of the way a tarnish can never possess the elden ring you will never be a lord your status in life is lower than what we um, would respect and that's when you get up to like one of the best lines in the thing like when you're fighting a boss and a boss just says um uh, your strength befits a crown hmm. and it's like that again and it's that thing of like yeah the only character in the game who acknowledges maybe you should lead is the one who thinks you're a fucking bad if you beat me you're a fucking <laughs> badass you deserve to be in charge and that's Your the, strength like, fits a crown. I definitely don't um, don't sit here and think, oh well, we just talk about all of that, and Elden Ring doesn't have a political message. Like clearly, yeah, everything it, has some political leaning in it because we all inherently have some political leaning in ourselves and are making or it biases, to reflect yeah. upon ourselves. Yeah, our biases will always um, leak into the things that we create and the things that we say, and, whether um, intentional or not. I just want to know what yeah the the meaning behind like the player feel is of just like. What did, they... <laughs> what did they want me to walk away and feel after playing Elden Ring and playing against, like, uh, who am I fighting still right now? Is it like Marcus the Black Blade or something like mm-hmm. that? And it's been 10 to 12 hours of me just once a week going back in and being like, oh no, I've, got, I've still got to beat this guy. I'm just beating my head against a wall until I give up and come back again a few days later. What is the intended meaning behind not letting me cancel my attack with a dodge roll? <laughs> why can I not cancel? But the thing is, why do some attacks let me cancel into a dodge roll and then others don't? Mm-hmm. So like, why is it that the Ashes of War wild strikes can be cancelled at any time of the dodge roll, uh, meaning that you can like you know safely escape if uh, an opponent tries to punish, but the Ash of War like um, uh, um, spinning sweep cannot be? <laughs> Why can I not just cancel every action in the game with a dodge so the combat feels good instead of getting punished for doing anything other than pressing R1? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's just, you know, I enjoyed my time with Elden Ring, but every now and then I just want to put Destiny back on and make a build where I've got almost infinite abilities and I'm just yep. mowing down just dozens and dozens of enemies at a time. Like, fuck it. It's like I have fun in that game right up until I fight a boss. Mm. every part of that game is great until you fight a boss and it's just okay 
dodge around them for 30 minutes and press R1 every now and again. I can't do any, like, yeah. there's so much cool shit in that game that is just completely useless in um, uh, combat with a boss. Yeah. Um, that game would be much better suited if it was like a, um, I think, do you like those Warhammer games where it's just, f- every, just go in and chainsaw everything in half? <laughs> Elden Ring would be so much better if it was made in the style of Dynasty Warriors. Where well, you I don't have necessarily bosses. say it's better, but I think I might personally enjoy it more. Yeah, if instead of bosses, it's just more enemies. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I just I fell in love with that game until the open world stopped being aspect of it. And I've gone through I think three dungeons back to back without like, any open world exploration. I'm just like, okay. And then I went to another area of the game where I went to like the open world bit where there's like that moog palace or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know fought a few enemies did like everything was bullshit in the open world as usual and then found myself yet again oh well what else is there to do here we'll go to the dungeon yeah that's the area it's where like, the giant birds chase you isn't it it is yes yeah where the giant birds will chase you forever but you can get them to fall off a cliff yeah, and that's how you like just farm that's the XP farming spot. Yeah. But it's that thing of like, I remember going into that area and be like, okay, I can fight one of these. Then three turned up. I went, mm. what is the decision behind this? Other than they don't want to make it fair. Yeah. So they give. It's like they give you every tool to have fun and then take them all away from you. <laughs> it's really baffling to me. It's, it seems so bad. It seems so antithetical to having enjoyment from the game. It's like I have but, fun in that game, despite what it's trying to do to me. And I think that's the whole, like, you, whether you get it or not, it's the idea behind the design of those games, isn't it? Of like, you will beat your head against a wall, and I guess, like, the intended effect is that overcoming that gives you great satisfaction when you finally get past all the bullshit. Like, when you finally yeah. beat that boss and have, you know, quote-unquote earned that victory, then you feel, like, a great sense of satisfaction out of it, and... That doesn't. That's not really the case. That's not the case bosses. for me personally. There are very few bosses I beat in that game that I felt like I earned my victory. It's just mm-hmm. that the boss didn't do the one thing that they did that kept punishing me. Like the only good boss in the game that I have fun with is against the fa- one of the final bosses because it's just a one-on-one fight with a guy with an axe. Right. And that fight felt super fucking fun because it's just one-on-one. You've got your axe. I've got my axe. Let's fucking go. Shirts off. Let's do this. I think one of those examples to like show the other way around of like just how boring it can be sometimes is like okay well there's that um volcano mana boss that's like the giant snake and um it turns into like the giant skull spewing snake monster thing yeah in its second phase and you get the giant weapon that lets you decide like the giant huge like uh, zone of the ender slashes that's that's great, but then at the same time, I went in there and just picked up that weapon and went, well, I don't use that weapon class. I'll just stick to my mage. Um, started trying to beat it as a mage. Maybe 10 attempts later went, what the fuck am I meant to do against this second phase? There's what I can't do anything. And it's I can't like, get oh, no, no, it. you don't fight the boss. You use the one weapon it gave you in the room. That's how you beat it. I was like, but, uh, it, you can use other builds, but it would be a ball ache and you'll have to overlevel. And you'll have to use these specific weapons or moves anyway. It's like taking choice away from the player. It's like, right, okay, so what do I do? Oh, you just go respec, get enough strength to get that weapon, and spam the ability on that weapon. Yeah, it's like... And you'll uh, still lock it. It was like, right, 
so you've just taken all the enjoyment out of this then there's no freedom here it's do this one build or you can't do it it's like the mm-hmm. melania fight a lot has been said about that fight but i for all of my playthrough in elden ring i was just a strength build with the shield mm-hmm. and i was like um just like fuck it i want to be just like the wall and then you go fight melania who has an attack that uh, all of her attacks drain health which is the only time in the series that a character has done that mm. and then all of her attacks drain health even through a guard even if you have a character like mine did with 100% guard capabilities meaning that you don't take damage from the attack but she still heals meaning that if you just stand still and try and fight her she can restore her entire health bar just by hitting you it's like you won't be punished in the sense of you won't lose health but well, you're still resetting back. the boss fight essentially yes and so the and the only real way to avoid her doing that is to respec into a build that can dodge hmm. and that's the thing of like i am being forced to change the way i'm playing the game to be one boss because you gave it an ability no other boss in the game has so it's not hmm. something i would have ever encountered like there is no way for me to have anticipated that the boss could do this because no other thing in the game has it so you introduce a unique mechanic for this one boss and then do not balance the game around it. And that's the hardest boss in the game. So of course it fucking is. There's only one way to like, you know, realistically outplay it. And then call summoned a man with a pot in his head. That guy's a legend. Absolutely. <laughs> just going in and doing it. But yeah, it's just really, and it's not fun because I then I couldn't play the build that I wanted mm-hmm. because I had to play the way the game wanted me to in a game that's essentially all about approaching it any way you choose. And I, I will say as well, just in the vein of like building any way you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, literally yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. so we're recording on the, the Wednesday and streaming on yes. the Wednesday. So Wednesday um, the twenty fifth. Thursday, this podcast comes out on podcast services. But yeah, so yesterday or two days ago, to people listening on podcast services, uh, the new season of Destiny came out. Oh and yeah. They're like, awesome oh cool, we've reworked all of the solar classes in the game. Uh, they're slowly like making each class um updated to like the newer systems they put in so that it's a lot yep. more build crafting and rather than just like one meta way to do it immediately uh so we're recording this at like it's like three o'clock so that means the update's been out for less than 24 hours and all over the place i'm seeing well like well the warlocks the warlock um isn't as good like the titan's been completely ruined the hunters are too op and i'm like Everyone has decided within a day what all three of these classes do and what all of the builds with all of the different yeah. weapon combinations there and exotic are. combinations. It's like, no, no, no. Hunters are great, but Titans and Warlocks have been fucking ruined. I'm like, it's not been a day. There are potentially hundreds of thousands of different permutations of builds you could have. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not the way you're playing. It's like uh, we experienced it. I want to say during the pandemic, because we play Smash Bros every week. <laughs> like 20 minutes in. Right, and there were days uh, where characters, so there's a lot of new characters in that game. I want to say like, mm-hmm. Sephiroth. So Sephiroth, the character, came out. We were playing it the day it came out. Literally so within the, like an hour of release. Yeah, so within one hour of release, this character has existed and been playable for less than 45 minutes. We had people coming into stream saying, he's too overpowered. It happened that, the same the, with um, Min Min. Every single time a new it's character like, came out, it's like we'd, we'd play it the day it was released. Less than some in some cases, I think one of them was twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. I want to say the Sephiroth one was twenty minutes of play. Uh, we, like the character had been out for less than twenty minutes. It was either that or it was Pyra and Mithra. 
where the character had been out for less. Like, you'd basically, if you had booted up your console and booted, you'd have had a chance to have two or three games with that character. Mm-hmm. If you'd have done it, like, instantly. And we had people like, the character's not very good. Or they're too overpowered. It's like, you've been playing for 30 that seconds. That is completely broken and OP. It's like, we are... We haven't had time to download the update and play yet. What are you? If you've got if you've got bad internet, there's about? a chance that you don't even know the. I think some people don't even know the character exists yet. Mm-hmm. And there's already people out there making it. Don't no, broken. And that and that's just the internet, isn't it? Yeah. Making a snap judgment based on a single um, uh, interaction or um, uh, observation. I think we have that one is as the well internet with, to a team. Um, with Sora when Sora finally came out and it was like, oh man, um, Sora's not very good. I was like, well, Charlie's having a lot of fun with Sora. Like, we're Char- enjoying, we're enjoying fighting minutes, it. Like, yeah. the character's been out for an hour or so. Oh, right, okay. I haven't actually touched Sora yet, but my friends told <laughs> me they're not that. very good. And I'm like, you haven't even... <laughs> oh. I, th- I, just, I think my favourite, that summed up, like, uh, I think we were talking about, like, you know, criticism. And that criticism is so difficult to do online because so many people are bad at it. Mm-hmm. They're so bad because people either, like, they are hyperbolic either to the extreme of positive or negative mm-hmm. and i think i just like i, I want to get framed whether like, i don't know what we were talking about it's like a film or something like that and uh, a guy just tweeted at me i've heard some people say it's good and some people say it's bad i don't know because i've not watched it yet and it's like so why the <laughs> fuck did you say something <laughs> like that right there is the internet of like i have literally no input into this conversation there is nothing i can offer in the way of input whether good or bad but i'm still going to comment on it mm-hmm I'm going to let you know that I have zero input on this conversation. It's like the, uh, I forget, I think it might have been Mark Twain uh, who just said, like, uh, it's better to ha- like um, uh, stay silent and people think you're an idiot than open your mouth and confirm it. <laughs> I, that is like the internet equivalent of when people leave reviews for products they've not bought. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe, when you're sometimes like looking at a, um, a restaurant or something and you'll see like a one star review, it's like, I've never been here. <laughs> I um I encountered that recently when um oh okay I had to you know I bought a, a better SSD and we we installed Windows and we had a nightmare One and minute. I lost everything and you did yes it, it was all very, happened very last week and it was it was not a nice day and I if anyone was wondering have we talked about our podcast we did but we lost that podcast <laughs> we actually did record like a fourteen hour podcast um, discussing it and then. Yeah, I reinstalled Windows, but apparently, like, my Windows activation key is, like, meant to be installed by, like, PC specialist who I bought it from in the BIOS, and it's, like, not Reddit, or I've changed too much on my PC that, like, it's not registered anymore or whatever. So you'll email them and get it back? Um, No, because, like... You figured it out then? um, Well, basically, all I did was, like, oh, well, how much is Windows? And it's, like, you know, 150 quid or whatever, I'm, like... All right, and then I just do a quick Google, and it's like, well, there's some sites that are selling it for like seven quid. I'm like, <laughs> do I take the risky click? It's like seven quid, and I look at the reviews, and the, the some of the reviews were just like zero star, too cheap to be true. And so it's they like, didn't even they take didn't the risk. buy zero star. I don't trust this. My <laughs> favorite one is okay. Like, you're on Amazon, and you're looking for like, oh yeah, I want to order like a something it's like one star did not arrive it's like well that's not the fault of the product <laughs> yeah. is it it's amazon like, that's not that the product's fault with. and um to clarify i took the risky click and i got a key and it activated it for like seven quid yeah not bad so like sometimes it's probably 
fucking uh, some like weird generator that they've made or like some stolen codes but hey they offered me a product for a tenth of the price it well like a fifth of a twentieth of the price five percent of what it should cost and you got it I thought I'd risk it and I got it, but yeah, well, fuck Windows thing. for making me pay like 150 quid for changing a desktop background and getting rid of a watermark on the bottom. Yeah. A lot of the time, they are provided by Windows. It's just like they mm. want you in that ecosystem. It's why like Adobe and stuff give away their software to colleges and universities because they know that if a student learns on Adobe, mm. chances are, uh, you know, not every student's going to go into the creative field, but when they do, they're only used to their ecosystem and that's how they get you. It's yeah. like the same with Windows of like when they offer like free updates and stuff like that. I remember when it was like Windows 10. They mm-hmm. offered a free update to Windows 10 for everyone, even people with illegal copies of Windows 8. Yeah. Just yeah. to keep you in the ecosystem. And I had that when, um, you know, there was like that weird thing of like, oh, Audacity have changed their um, their like terms of terms service of and yeah. have like this weird privacy thing. Um, and I think they've like gone back on it or something. Of course they um, have, within the day. Yeah. Uh, but on that, moment i was like oh well i'll just learn how to use adobe audition and then it's like oh okay so i started recording with that instead and it's like oh well adobe audition just links straight to premiere pro and links straight to after effects and like i was already using those like i was already using like premiere and after effects for the fat fiend stuff and that's what they want and the moment it's like well yeah this is easier because it just all of these things are just like right click import to this prod like product and, and program and it all just works together it's like that was a lot easier than doing it one thing on our audacity saving it's, it importing it bringing it over it's like instead i can just right click and be like use here and it's like that little thing that they do to just like oh well it all works together so now you're yeah. you want to use everything and then they also do that adobe thing of like Oh well, you do you want the uh, the photo editing pack, or do you want the movie editing pack, or do you want the effects pack, or do you want to buy them all? And it's like, well, I don't need these sixty programs. I need six of them. But, but they are each, offering you a each one that you yet. want of the six is each in a separate package. It's like, but is there no way to just pay for the six apps that I use? Yes, buy each six of separately, the packages yeah. separately, or buy them all. And I'm like. All right, fuck it's you. Cable television, isn't it? Like, oh, can I just get my channels a la carte? No. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to pay for the sports package and the movie package. But it's like, but I don't want all the movie channels. I just want the one that has the movies that I like. It's like, I, no, you got you know, the movie package. Say you want just Sky movies, but it's like, no, you have to pay for all of the extra movie like yeah. channels like that sports, you're never gonna watch. It's like, I just want to watch the football. It's like even like within certain things, like if people just want to watch the football, mm-hmm. if you are a fan of. English football, you can't watch all English football on one channel because it's all separated with like 15 different Because it's like, you've got to deals. have it on Freeview, on Sky, on BT Sport, on, on ITV, ITV, on pay per view for some of them. Some of them are pay per view. I think like Amazon have got some of them now. It's like, yeah, some teams have God. their own channel where they have exclusive content. It's like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If even just within one interest, they've got, they, they don't have the a la carte option to just pick and watch everything you want. But they do. It's called getting one of those like fire sticks that all the pub use or whatever, and they hack them. Oh and... yeah, that's what my mates got. I, that's the thing is, pretty much most people I know that watch football have just gone. Well, they've made Fuck it so it. complicated, and I've got to buy so many things that I just Fuck don't it, yeah. care anymore. I'm just going to buy this stick and hack it for forty quid. 
And that's what my friend did where he's got one of those. I was like, so how does this work then? Because I'm like really like not that computer literate. He says, well, what I've got to do is I've got to like send a hundred pounds to this random name. And I've got to put the um, the tag as like for grocery shopping or something like that. Like, so that presumably this guy is like, Joe, and people sell drugs. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, pay me cleaning. Yeah. Or accountancy fees and stuff like that. Because that's the one for people on OnlyFans is where you'd like, you know, it's their accountancy fees. Oh uh, yeah. Because like I've, I've seen people use like accountants as like the slang term for like doing, you know, nudes online and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Because it's that thing of like, um, while the money you earn, uh, like, even if you earn money in an illegal way, you've still got to pay tax on it. Mm-hmm. And people are thinking that makes no sense. Like there is literally a form that you can fill in for the IRS um, to fill in your to pay your taxes for illegal income, and that's the way of like. And, and you might think, why would you do that? Like if you're going to be a criminal, why would you want to pay tax? It's like if you get caught, you're also going to go to jail for tax fraud. Yeah, and it's like if you it's and it's not only like, you're going to get done for like say drug dealing, you're also going to get done for not paying your taxes and tax fraud, which is and a like, separate yeah. thing. And that's how they got Al Capone. Like, yes, Al Capone yeah. didn't pay his taxes, and he got sent to fucking prison. And that's, so that's where the that they do. And that as well is like the harder thing to get rid of, isn't it? It's like it's because actually it's, it's easier to get away with drug dealing than it is tax fraud. Yeah, because if you're selling drugs and the drugs are gone, it's like, oh, there's no drugs here. It's like, but if you've got money, there's evidence that you had money. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you've got an house. How do you pay your rent? You've you've got no job. Like all money, all money leaves a paper trail. But that's uh, yeah, it's really really um, uh, funny that you have to do, and that's one of those things of. Uh, yeah, just and he sent this guy this money, and then he's got a code back, and he put that code in, and then just like he was watching. Um, I mean, uh, like I'm not gonna lie, yeah. That's, that, that's the it's, again, it's the risk you take. It's like you with that seven pound thing. Yeah, the risky click of like, well, someone might just take my money and fuck off, but but if he does that, he can only ever do that once because that's the thing. Mm-hmm. The guy could probably do that, but he'd be able to do it once, and he'd never be able to sell another one. Yeah, because the moment like if you're into the point of like you're in that area. And you're like in that sphere and in that group, like you're gonna do your fucking research. And oh, if yeah, you get ripped like, off, you're gonna I like... was just gonna say that it's a way dodgier sounding process than what like I've heard my, my family or friends have done of like oh no, I just went to this website and like paid forty pounds on PayPal and it like downloaded this product with a code for me and like I'd say that's more, I'd say that's more dangerous. Downloading something from a website a website, quote unquote. After giving them your email details, well, it doesn't necessarily mean e- email details. But yeah, they, again, PayPal, like yeah. again, that sounds chance, just as like there's a chance that you're gonna like get your sports packages all included for the rest of your life for free. But there's also a chance that you're gonna download something that's gonna steal all your information and break your PC. Exactly. Yes. But, but uh, the same yeah, with like if somebody you know sends you something in the over post, yeah. the hundred pounds in a post, like it's well, it's all it's the risk you take, isn't it? And sometimes that risk pays off. Other times it doesn't. But I'm going to go for a quick bathroom break, mate. And there's one last thing I want to discuss today. Uh, yeah, no worries. Development is something I've been discussing with you. Okay, yeah, I'll just uh, take us to the start and soon screen because I don't have a break screen and we'll be back in a minute. There we go. Ah, all back. Yeah, so all Lucas, good. to close off, there has been a development in an ongoing story that the folks at home are not going to be clued in on, but I can uh, fill them in now. Okay. So we've got a few sponsors. Oh, we've been reaching out to a few sponsors recently, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, the... I presume they've been reaching out to us. 
And they reached out to us, yes, and we've been yeah. in communication with them, I should say. And one of mm. them will be going live this Friday, um, uh, if all goes well. There's another one that's still ongoing, which we can no doubt talk about next week if it goes well or poorly. Because I can already mm. see that you're like fuming about mm. that one. Yeah. So I want to wait until yeah. we've got the proper clarification on that. Exactly. Yeah. We, to know of whether we wait until that story it. concludes and then we can talk about that one. But the other one is Lucas. Do you remember that I got reached out to by somebody because we mentioned earlier um, uh, for people on the Patreon? If it gets to 800, we're going to do a tabletop role playing session. Ah, uh, yes. yes. So uh, somebody reached out to me asking. If uh, us as a channel would like to uh, do a tabletop role-playing session, which you know we've been transparent about in the past that like we mm. we would like to do it at some point and that Brad would run it because Brad's got experience doing so. Yeah, but would you like to go through that now? Because there's been a development that is just one of those things where Joey, you look at it and you just go, like, Joey, you did there where you clenched your jaw because mm-hmm. you had something to say. Yeah, that same thing happened to me. Because we, we, you know, spoke about this last night, so I'm interested mm-hmm. to know what the update is. Okay, so the clarification for, you know, the context, to say, for people who want to. So we've got an email here. Proposal for a fact-themed role-playing show. So good evening, Mr. Smallwood slash fact-themed team. I am writing today to see if you'll be interested in a role-playing show on the Untitled Side channel. I have a little over a decade of experience running and playing role-playing games for a variety of people. The bulk of experience is running games for people with un- an unfamiliarity with the hobby. My style of running is easygoing, and I describe it as having action movie rules. So if it working in Expendables, it'll work here. And it's like, you know what, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Get to the mm-hmm. pitch. Uh, so there's a pro tip if you want to picture something, get to the pitch. Don't, yeah. t- like, don't, it's joke when you write a recipe online and people are like, stop fucking telling me your life story, just tell me what the ingredients are. It's the same thing for a business email. This is an email to the business account number, folks. Yes. So if you're going to send us like a, a pitch for a business idea or a sponsor, just get right to it. Of course, yeah. And we can learn to know you as a person if the deal goes forward, like we did with John. Like mm. John reached out to me with just a very, uh, the wall man, very basic proposal, and then we went from there and we learned about him as a person as we like know the business relationship developed. Yeah, yeah. And so, so my resources are quite DIY. Like, again, I don't care. Get to the point. Stop so. telling me how you figured out this Muay Thai recipe, like. Yeah, Mu- I don't want to know. Muay Thai. Muay Thai yeah. is a martial art. <laughs> martial art, yeah. I don't want to know how the foot, like, you know, the first time you tried, um, uh, uh, like, foe when you were out and, like, fucking, <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Right. So, I know you have previously stated that you don't think it would fit with the rest of your content, and you simply don't have the time to set aside the hours every week to play. But I believe I found a format that would alleviate the scheduling demands. Uh, I have another channel that I watch. Again, doesn't matter. Um, uh, but they say they have weekly episodes of around 30 minutes each. Each episode is one-eighth of the recorded play session. With this format, we could play one four-hour session every six to eight weeks and still have a regular release schedule. It'll give you plenty of time to see your community reaction. And, and they're saying, thank you for taking the time to read my proposal. And Lucas, what do you notice um, from that proposal there that this person does not mention? Because there's a very key bit of information I want to uh, highlight. Well, that they've not mentioned. I'm gonna. Oh, there's many things that I could pick apart about that email, mm-hmm. um, but I'm gonna go for what I assume is what you're trying to to pick out, which is they don't talk about that as like a business proposal because there's no talks about like rates or anything like that and what they expect that's, to get out of the collaboration. So that's the rub right there, and that's the development we can talk about. That mm-hmm. um, it took them until I asked them three times to explain to me how this works as a business proposal because this was an email sent to the channel's business account Mm -hmm. 
Like not to, it's not an email sent to me. It's not a direct message on Twitter or anything. This is an email specifically sent to the business account for business inquiries. Mm-hmm. And what's the other stuff you want to say about it as well? Because the, you know where this goes. I have a rough idea where this goes, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, just... Oh. I had something that I really wanted to say a second ago and because I've, I've gone off track. Do you want me to keep going then with like, um, you know, the, the encounter and why you think? Oh no, that was it. That that was one thing I was going to point out is the fact that they say that they could record a one four-hour session that could potentially be eight eight episodes, like Mm -hmm. eight weeks worth of content, and then go on to say that you could means you could react to community feedback, which means that you'd be going at the glacial pace of reacting to something up to two months late. Yeah, and they say, oh, this would be a really good way to do it because the way that was set up is like perfect for fan feedback and community reaction it's like two months reaction time is not very great yeah that's not like you know the it's not exactly very agile immediate. yeah well we talked earlier about you have to plan content months in advance but when you're reacting to something you have to be very quick mm-hmm. and we have here so i just asked them simply like who are you and why should we work with you because i was like you know this is the business email address mm-hmm. they don't explain why i should do this and i, I don't want to like out the person's name or anything like that but they say like role playing is one of my big passions i got into the hobby while at university about 12 years ago and i've been hooked ever since i was a member of a society at university um where i spent i ran beginner friendly games and here's where i realized oh i was even allowed back after leaving university to keep running games mm. And Lucas, do you remember when we went to university and that was real fun? Yeah, we, were, we, we literally like, we met in a gaming society. We did, yeah. yeah. And do you remember that gaming society? I do. That, you know, we went and we enjoyed it and then we left university. And we left that society. Because we weren't in university anymore. We left it in the hands of um, uh, people who had that interest and mm-hmm. were, you know, at the same age we were. When we started it, wanting to, um, uh, you know, meet new people and uh, find, like, you know, a shared interest around their hobby. Yeah. We didn't go back, did we? And like be like, look, we're the big dick GZ. We ran the original one. Wait, do you not still go back there every week? No. And why did we not do that, Lucas? Because we moved on. Yeah. And like, you depressing. know, the the people that we met, that we made friends with along the way, we started doing things outside of the society while we were at university. And then that progressed into still being friends outside of the society yeah. when we all left it. And that's when I realized, oh, no, because I don't know much about like being a dungeon master, but I do know that it requires a lot of unpaid work and that it attracts a very specific kind of personality. Mm-hmm. And I compared it to, and have you ever met someone who moderates on a forum? Um, back in the day, I have, yes. Yes, and moderating on, I see moderating on a forum has been very similar to being a DM, where it is a lot of unappreciated work where the only tangible benefit you get from it is the satisfaction of knowing that you have a minor amount of power over other people Mm -hmm. and uh, there are many stories i can tell from my days back in writing where i encountered people who worked on forums not worked on forums; they lived on them sorry they didn't get paid for this but they did it and i always found myself asking like why do they and it's oh because they get to tell people what to do Mm -hmm. this is the only reason they're willing to do it and uh, i got that um, uh, vibe very quickly from this one. As for why you should work with me, unfortunately, I have no YouTube present, uh, your presence or portfolio to present. All of my games have been unrecorded. Which again so is like a bit of very a bad. a bit of a red flag in terms of a business proposal. Is like, yes. look, I would like to work with you. 
I have zero evidence of my work in the past. Just take my word for it, okay? Because yeah, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if they didn't have an online presence if they could prove via like a a portfolio of work that they they have a reason why they're this good that we should work with them. Yeah, that's the thing. There, it's like um, if this was an artist, I'd be the same way with an artist. If an artist, whenever I get like um, pictures and stuff, Mm -hmm. I've had in the past artists say, "I want to work with you." It's like, can you send along a link to a portfolio? How am I supposed to know where they're working if I don't have all the information required to do so? Yeah. And this is the same thing. If you want to work with us, tell me, show me why we should work with you because that's what they're asking here. They're asking to work with us. Mm -hmm. And that's how I treated this interaction until it got to a point where I realized, oh, no. Who says here that, uh, however, you seem to appreciate people with a passion for their craft. And I personally believe I have that in spades. Um, uh, To break formalities for a moment, you seem like a sound guy and you and yourself have a great energy. I feel I could vibe with and have great time with you guys, which fits better with the ethos of your com- channel being a conversation between friends. And immediately that should tell them everything they need to know. Because then that's the, that, that's a conversation me, yeah. between friends is a conversation between friends and you're wanting to insert yourself into that dynamic. Which can happen if you had a different approach. Like if this was a business, like John has been in some content. Yeah, because we had the business thing. partnership. It's and like, that's, it's, no, it was... it's clearly like... The way that they've put this forward, not necessarily their intent, but the way that they've presented it mm-hmm. is more along the lines of, I would like to hang out with you guys and here's a reason, like an excuse to do so, rather yes. than I have a business proposal. Which, and I was given the benefit of the doubt and uh, reacting to it as if it was a business proposal that like they'd just not gotten proper. Like they'd just not got all the, like, you know, the, the nuts and bolts in order. They're not all their, I'm oh, sorry, I'm getting, uh, that's a malafor, I'm getting my metaphors mixed up your malafors uh, that's the word when you mix up two metaphors oh i've never heard that time before. it's like we'll okay. burn that bridge when we come to it yeah okay it's uh so i was like in my head there they've not got the nuts and bolts sorted and all their ducks in a row so mm. i said all their nuts and bolts in a row yeah. anyway that's just a little bonus fact for people there and so i was like again responding to them as a business email to the business address mm. so you have nothing to review or look over and expect us to commit to several weeks of recording with you because again that is what's being asked here. And mm-hmm. I admit I'm very curt in a lot of my business emails. And that's because you don't need any of that fluff. When you're talking business, you don't, you skip the pleasantries. It's get down to I get tax, th- isn't it? Yeah, I get 30 emails a day. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to like, you know, be polite. Oh, no, I'm polite, but okay, so I just, I want to know, tell me what I need to know and we'll go from there. And, and then, anyone who's ever sent a business email will know that my usual response is um, make me an offer and we'll go from there. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I think people need to remember here is that we're not sitting here going, like, look at our, a fan that wants to reach out to us. Like, this was they're a knobhead. It's like, this is just an explanation and, like, a bit of a talk about just you've approached us as a, uh, like, a you've hit us a business email as a, you know, business proposal, and these are the mistakes you're making. Yeah, this is basically a mini how not to do business mm-hmm. because this is what like you know they approached it as and they're pitching it as an idea for the untitled side channel, which is you know a joint project between all of us that we're currently trying to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. So if you're presenting an idea that like, I've got a great idea of how you can like you know improve the side channel, that's something I'm going to listen to and give the time of day if they can provide the relevant information required. And they respond, you are correct in that I've got nothing to review. Um, however, I don't expect any commitment from you at this time bit confusing no commitment from us but we need to film something i mean a? 
Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it, like it makes no sense. That's I want you to commit to this first bit, and then we'll commit to the rest later on. Yeah, like you're expecting some sort of commitment to at least the discussion of an idea, and they mm. mention that here. I would like to discuss with you and the team the style you would like. Prepare a one-shot game session um, uh, with pre-generated characters. Again, we don't know this. Arrange a time and a venue suitable for all involved. I would recommend somewhere in public, like a pub with a table space. Um, I could also meet online via Discord, or some of you prefer. Play the game and then review. In lieu of evidence, this is the best possible presentation I can offer. And again, Lucas, what, what's your issues with that there? Of I don't want any commitment from you, but my proposal is we can all meet at a pub. And we are not in person right now, Lucas, are we? No. Because how much of a ball ache is it for you to come here? It takes me a few hours. Yeah, and you only do so when we have a specific idea in mind. And usually the idea is something that earns the channel money. Mm -hmm. That's like, no, it's depressing, but it's, it's the nature of our job, isn't it? If you travel through to Sheffield to meet me, it's because we want to record in person and make content. Well, yeah, it's a business at the end of the day. Yes, and the same is true of when Brad and Nisha travel through. We do so to make content that earns us money. And it's very difficult to liaise all of us. It's very difficult to liaise between all of us and then get us all in the same location at the same time. That's just the nature of being in your 30s. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to get multiple friends in the same location at once. Yeah. Would you consider that to be a commitment of time? 100%. As well as money, because yeah. you've got to pay to travel. 100%. And it's just that idea as well of like, oh, well, I would like to meet in a neutral space where we can record, i.e. a pub with a table. So you're asking, like, the what, the pub to be quiet for us, for people yeah, not thing. to get in the way, for people to not come over and interrupt. And that's a public space. Like, at very, very least, you could suggest, like, trying to find a place, you know, that's like a hobby a hobby specialist where like people come in and play something like a tabletop game on like a, a like rented space or something mm -hmm. like that it's just the idea that yeah we could all just meet up for a pint and it just so happens that we could also definitely do business there yeah and you know from past experience that i've had something like this happen to me before where i had someone re uh, approach me with a business proposal and they did not take it seriously mm-hmm and then that blew up in my face. So I responded to this of, so so you want us to travel to a random pub to play games with you for several hours and drag along all of our recording equipment? Which, you know, again, to the point, maybe some would see that as blunt, but that's me responding. Cause like, you know, I've, I get 30 emails a day. Yeah. Like you think this is a conversation that's like 20 emails long. I have at least three or four of those ongoing at any given time, mm -hmm. as well as liaising with all of you guys and maintaining a personal life. I don't have time to respond to everything with um, uh, the, the the level of due care that you'd expect. I'm talking to like 30 people at once. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I say, not a random pub, a pub you know. Doesn't even need to be a pub. I just suggest the pub is there a public place and I'm a stranger. And they keep getting, they almost keep getting there. I'm a stranger, and I thought it would be presumptuous to ask to come to your office. I'll be more than willing to meet wherever it's most convenient for you. And that's the thing. They're putting the onus on us to plan this out when it's their idea. Mm -hmm. And again, that's just bad business. If you have an idea and you think it's like, it's not even an idea at this point. It's the idea of an idea. So here's something we think we can do. All you need to do is figure out how to liaise your entire team, get them all in the same location at the same time, a neutral location that you find that's suitable for you. And... I know that some people, again, might be sitting here going, well, this is clearly just one guy that thought of a simple idea of, like, I would like to 
do this with creators that I I like. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, which we appreciate, but this yeah, is a business. At the end of the day, yeah, it is a business. Our our time matters to us, and we can't just be randomly, as you say, like essentially planning this out for them. Yeah, that's the, you tell me what like it should be like. Exactly. If you want to reach out to us all and be taken seriously, you need to come with an actual proposal and not just well i guess we can all meet up before and figure this all out yeah you let me know where i should meet you it's like no you're the one arranging this mm-hmm. if this is your idea you should have all the logistics figured out and if you don't and they're brought up you should go back think about them and then reach out when you have those because i've had that again um there's a sponsor i'm working with right now i don't want to say the name because you know mm-hmm. um uh, the, the deal's not finalized but we've worked with them before and they're telling me like oh in a couple of months i want to reach out to you again i just told them very bluntly it's like well, reach out then. I've got a lot going on. I won't remember this. Just mm-hmm. make a note in your diary to reach out. It's I'll, like, that's great. I'll... We can discuss when it's relevant. Yeah, I've starred your email, so I'll know that it's important. When you reach out and you've got more details, let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm registering my interest now, but there's nothing. There's no um, value to be gained from a further discussion. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I just responded, again, quite bluntly, like, what exactly do you want from this? Is it's really unclear why you've sent this message? Because Again, that's my trying to be polite. Like, why have you sent this if you've not got all the information? So at this point, it need. seems pretty obvious what they want. They want to hang out with us. Yeah. Like, that's, that's to me, what this screams. is just like, I would like to meet up with people that I think I would be friends with based off the videos that I watch of them online. Oh, Lucas, you're getting, you're getting close there. So it's like, I'm sorry, I've not been clear. I would like to see if you're interested in having a role-playing show on the Untitled Side Channel with myself as the Game Master. If you're interested, I'd like to run an unrecorded one-shot with you at a venue of your choice. And then I like respond again, but why you specifically? What makes you an authority on this? And this is me just like, you know, trying to be my businessman. Mm-hmm. Trying to be a businessman, like, okay, you've said the idea, but why you? Why like, do we sell need yourself to, work- to us? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sell it. Sell the idea. Because I think it's a good idea and it's something we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take Brad weeks of preparation to arrange. Yeah, and it's just like, you need to, again, take yourself seriously. We're going to take you seriously, and you need to, I say, just you need to be selling your proposal to us. We yes, sh- we shouldn't be the ones being like, oh, well, that's great. Like we're going to bend over backwards to make sure that this happens. Exactly. Is that if it's an idea you want to realize, you've got to put the fucking effort in. Mm-hmm. That's what business is. And it's like the same thing. Like you know, you've worked on your own ideas for the channel, haven't you? Like mm-hmm. you know, stuff like this podcast. Yeah. You have ideas for this podcast that, I, you know, you come to me, you give me the idea, and I say, that if that's great, you make it work and let me know when you've got the details. Mm-hmm. That's just how, it's probably not how all business works, but that's how business works with us. It's like Brad and Nisha done the same thing, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Of like when you come up with proposals for how to change the content in a way you think could work better, you tell me the idea, and then you show me the results, and I say yes or no. Yeah, and like sometimes, obviously, with um, in terms of like changing content on a channel, just... You know, sometimes it is a case of, well, we'll try it out and work from there because let's give it a shot, see how the audience reacts, and then we'll 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 have to again be reactive to the situation. Yes. And we've seen that with um videos like since the launch of Untitled Side Channel, because mm-hmm. we know we've got a bit more of a guaranteed income month to month. We've been able to lengthen the videos out a bit more again, um, and not you know put put fat theme videos back to kind of where they were. Yeah. Um, a year or so ago before we started making changes to try and like appease the algorithm if it will be. 
but they were all changes that, like, you know, you thought about it first and then approached me with the... Th you didn't just say, would well, you think we should change fact theme videos? Because that's not a discussion. It's like, okay, in what way? Well, I've not thought about it yet. It's like, look... You came, you came to me when you had a pitch for how to change it. They've they've clearly made a push towards 10-minute videos. What if we try and make a push ourselves towards 10-minute videos? Hopefully it'll, like, make sure that YouTube's recommending our content more and it'll get more of a click-through and stuff like that. And then... Yep. Because, you know... We, we gave it a chance and then obviously we've changed things and done like the, the side channel and stuff and we've mm -hmm. again reacted and changed and you but, gave me you did your research first your due diligence and then approached me with the idea you didn't just say well I've got an idea but I think you need to go do something it's like no you're the one if you've got an idea you do the research anyway mm -hmm. uh, so I was asking them like uh, I just got and I think this is where I was like um, uh, really trying to be polite you know that British way of not saying what you're saying mm -hmm. Do you know when you like you know that, that classic thing that people watching on video can see this of when a British person wants to leave a party, they go, oh, right. And yeah. it's, you're not saying I need to go now, but you might as well. You just try to be polite. You've also done that thing of like checking your phone a few times. Yeah. I'm going to have to head off soon, you know, like just yeah. a heads up 20 minutes later. Yeah, I'm just checking my bus times now. I think it'll have to be soon that I head out. And then you do like the, well, yeah, could I get going? And when the person doesn't get it, it's like it's really hard to be like just blunt. Mm -hmm. like, I need to go. So I've just like I followed up this like like one of the things I said is you admit that the channel is about friends talking to each other. Why do you feel that you'd slot into that idea? And I think that's about as close as I could get to being like professional, but getting to the point and being blunt about like, it. Yeah. yeah, this is a we are a business and we are a business that is run by friends. Why are you trying to like break into that? Because mm -hmm. they're not giving me a business proposal. And that's where I start to realize, are they just trying to jump in and be like, oh, I'm going to just sidle into the channel and then I'll become friends with them and become part of it. And yeah, I think that's what their initial idea was. And yeah, now maybe they that they're starting to like realize that, that it's not going to be that easy. Maybe that, you know, and the fact that, that they wouldn't, and the fact that they wouldn't admit it was starting to annoy me. Because mm -hmm. I was still, again, approaching like a business idea. Because this is something that we are going to do. So if I, you know, I thought, have you got some insight? Do you know someone who does this? Do you have some sort of following, some presence? Um, do you have like a unique thing that you do? Mm -hmm. Do you have any information about this world that would be beneficial to us? Do you have a breakdown of costs, time, anything that would help us like, you know, make a better decision, a more informed one? Yeah, and sometimes um, it is just one of those of like, well, maybe they don't have an online presence, but maybe they've got a specific idea for like a certain, um, you know, campaign. Like, there's like specific to Fact Fiend or something. They've crafted it all out, and it's really mm -hmm. great idea. It's like it, there's no, it, there's like a way that this could have worked out. Yeah, and if it's unlikely because again, like you know, the entire dynamic is friends hanging out, but if you have a strong enough pitch, then it could have happened. Yeah, which is why I know I was responding to them because I was hoping, because that's the thing, when I first read it, I thought, and now I've realized they just want to be part of the channel. They're mm -hmm. using it as an excuse to try and be part of the channel, like weasel their way in. Mm -hmm. I was just acting under the assumption that it's a business proposal that's gone poorly. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to like, you know, like get, draw blood from a stone of like, give me the information that I need so that I can make an informed decision about this one way or the other. You are not giving me that. And this is where I realized, and they said, why do you think I would fit into the conversation between friends? That's all role-playing is. 
At its core, role-playing is a collaborative storytelling. It's a group of friends getting together, telling stories, having a good time. If it doesn't just work if everyone's not working towards the same goal and getting along. You and the team already do that. Your whole channel it does, and it's awesome. You'd be a great role-playing group. All you need is a GM, and that's where I could fit in. And that's when I was like, for fuck's sake. That's when I realized how my time had been wasted. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're not trying to make a business proposal. But... I was, I'd already put too much joy, sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> I've already fucking sunk like two hours into this back and forth. Mm -hmm. I need to know. I need to break it down more. And I said like, so, but why do you think you'd fit into the voice of the channel? You're not explaining that aspect. Who are you? Again, I yeah. feel that's fair, isn't it? Like you say, oh, I'll, well, that's why I come in. Mm -hmm. why, why do you think you'd come in? What about you thinks you'd fit in with this group dynamic? Yeah. They're not even explaining that. They're just saying, well, I think I would. Why? Well, you know, you've got a good vibe going on. I really like you guys. Okay, yeah, but why do you think you'd fit in? Well, you know, you, know, you guys are, you just need a good GM. I'm a good GM. Why? Do you have any testimonials? Or, well, no, I, but I know I am. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm great at this. And I think, you know, I'd work together well with you. Okay, but why? <laughs> just, but why? It's like, get to the point. I'm not sure how to answer that question. And it's now just, says it all, doesn't it? So I tr again, like sunk cost fallacy. And this is where, like you know, the conversation ended yesterday, and it continued this morning. Right. So I was like, okay, all you've said is you'd be a good fit for the channel. Gone on and on about being a GM. That's telling me why you, a total stranger, would fit into the already established group dynamic of Factfeed. The examples you've given are of times where you ran a group for strangers and situations where everyone was a stranger. Um, to pretty much everybody else. That isn't the case here. We all know each other and have done so for a decade. We don't know you. You think you know us from watching our content. And again, this is me being polite of like, you don't know us. Mm -hmm. So you tell me why you think you would fit into this group dynamic. What insight do you have onto our group dynamic that makes you think your particular GM style would work within our dynamic? Because mm -hmm. that's they've not said anything. Like Not no. even like a link to a Twitter profile or something like that. Just... Trust me, I can roleplay. Which you can't do if you're asking someone to work with you. Mm -hmm. It's like, what experience do you have with that and how is that something you would address? You also haven't talked about compensation, which you'd know if you watch that content, I insist upon for everyone that works for the channel in some way. And again, that's like part of the business thing. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you'd want in terms of compensation. And any thoughts about how they respond to that? Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm baffled that that they've come this far without even explaining that they want whether they want money or not. I mean, obviously, yep. like as you say, you insist upon paying people that work for the channel, but the fact that they've not even mentioned to you, oh well, the the plan is that you would pay me like X amount per session. We'll figure. Uh, but I I anticipate that it would make this much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing. That's why I was like, oh, this person clearly wants like, well, no, we'd be friends. Why would you pay me for friends? Because you're working for the channel. You're doing yeah. work. And even uh, like for us help. four as friends, to clarify, like even if we are doing work for the channel as four friends, we all get paid for our time. I pay you, yeah. When yeah. you come over for like the shill fest, you get paid. Yeah. Like I pay, like, even if it is just like, because I know you, you, you all um, get yourself reimbursed on your travel, mm -hmm. but like, I take us out for like, you know, a group meal. And I make sure that, like, you know, all the equipment you need for recording is here. You don't have to, but there's no extra expense for you mm -hmm. to come through and record. So as for how I would fit into the established group dynamic, I wouldn't right away. Which, and then again, that means they think they would. And it's mm -hmm. like, 
They, they think that they'd become friends with us over time. But they're not telling me why. Mm-hmm. There's a <sighs> real weird pitch of, I'm pitching to be your eventual friend. Yeah. But they're doing it to a business address mm-hmm. with a business proposal. <sighs> uh, it wouldn't. Uh, relationships aren't made of that. I do not expect to become an instant team member and part of your core friendship group. And again, that's like what's not being said there is I don't expect to instantly become a member of the team mm-hmm. and part of the friendship group, which means like you do expect that to happen eventually. Yeah. Which is really, and again, that's a really uncomfortable thing to put upon someone, especially when you're approaching this from like, I'm pitching you an idea. Mm-hmm. You don't pitch people a business idea and say, oh, and eventually I think we'll all become friends. It's like, no, we'll work together in a professional sense and maybe something comes from that. That yeah. does happen. Maybe like we will continue a business relationship moving forward, but it's not mm-hmm. that you're going to become my friend. And everyone, oh. anyone that would reach out in this manner to try and become friends with someone they've seen on the internet is someone that I don't particularly want to become friends with. Exactly. And it's the fact as well, they kept acknowledging the existence of parasocial relationships. Like I said, like, I know your guys are all friends. I know that you're just personalities that I've seen. But then they'd follow that up by saying, and I know I wouldn't fit in right away. But over time, after it's like... And that's the thing to anyone listening <sighs> or watching is like, yeah, you might, you might think that after a lot of like time watching us and watching streams and listening to podcasts that you get a good grasp of our personality. But at the end of the day, there is always some aspect that you're missing out on like people don't watch me like you know sitting there and being like a garbage person on the sofa playing destiny for eight hours in silence like no. people don't see certain aspects of our lives and that's obviously hyperbolic but just yeah but even moments like this where it is us having a conversation is a conversation which we're both keenly aware other people are listening and viewing upon yeah so you know there's that elevated version of ourselves mm-hmm. that exists because you know we're in the public eye it might it's an exaggerated version of my own personality, I think. But yeah, it's still we're an just exaggerated. You know, version. this is the conversation that we'd have. But if it was off camera, we'd be using racial slurs all the time. Don't say that. <laughs> no, I that's don't. What, that's I what Twitch streamers that's, actually that's what do. They do. Oh, actually, the thing is, though, they don't. They do it on stream live, don't they? And then just apologize, get a slap on the wrist. So, before any games take place, I would like to meet with all those interesting playing and get to know you a little better. How familiar you are with role-playing, that sort of thing, and answer any questions you have, and just see how, you know, if you like the vibe I'm giving off. The biggest challenge here would be time, I feel, if they were to go ahead and become content on your channel. This rapport would have to be established before any recording. And again... So that means... This is part of the picture. They want to establish a friendship before we record, which means they're wasting our time before yeah. any business is being done. Oh, so I want to establish a report, of which there's two ways you can read that off. They want to meet us multiple times, mm-hmm. so like, you know, in the hopes of weaseling their way into like, you know, the friendship group we have, or they want us to commit to multiple meetings to have these discussions, mm-hmm. which is not showing any respect for our time, because when I later ask them about that, they're like, well, I never thought that. So, so we would have to meet several times before making content and play a few sessions. I understand this would be a major sticking point. Is it a substantial time commitment or something? But that might not even pan out. So I fully understand not being into it. So, so at least they acknowledge that. As for your mm. final bank compensation, and they just mention like how much they charge. And it's like, that's fine. Like, so, you know, that's part of business. They'll yeah. do that. And I was like... Almost so like they should have led with something like that. Yeah, I charge this much for my time if you're interested. this is like, I charge this much for my time. It is what the, the best way this could have gone. I, hi... I run 
Uh, I know you've mentioned that you want to do uh, role-playing sessions on the channel. I run that. Here is some links to my portfolio, testimonials, whatever, a YouTube channel where I do it. Mm -hmm. Here are my rates. Here are what I think I could do for you and the service I could provide. Please contact me back if you're interested. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact they've taken you what sounds like at least a dozen emails asking them you finally got parts of that information and parts of their plan which sounds like they're making up on the spot yeah and it says here so i asked like so your ultimate plan is to join the channel like only as a guest um and no more which doesn't sound accurate to what they've said Mm -hmm. like you sound like you want to be more than a guest because you're talking about well i wouldn't be an instant part of the channel Mm -hmm. but eventually and it's like and I've just put like, so, and then this is when I just got, you know, I put my business hat on and I'm fucking done. Mm. So the show, um, you have no, you have no proper pitch and have only made vague allusions to the potential content of anything we'd work on. If you're treating this like a business proposition, I need information about the ROI, return on investment for those that are not in the know. So far, everything you've proposed will involve, will likely cost the channel hundreds of pounds in travel expenses and lost time before we film a single second of footage. And you've not explained how it would be beneficial to us to do this besides you saying it'd be something you would like to do and that it would be, in quotation marks, fun. Are you known in this community? Would you bring in new viewers? Do you have a unique insight into this type of content that will allow us to do something different and stand out? Basically, what are you bringing to this deal that will provide a tangible benefit to the channel to justify the investment of time, equipment, and cost? Thank you. And I think that there, I'm being really fucking reasonable after I have to draw the blood from this stone. I think so, yeah. And just, it's baffling to me that you're having to ask those things when they should be coming to you with that information in the first place but you should have they it have this so it's an idea that we've had on the channel that many people have suggested to us so it's not like they're the person who's thought of this it's not a new idea and it's as well by a comment we made about yeah. it meaning we are aware of it and as well like they're not even telling us why it would be beneficial for us to not just cut them out and do it ourselves yeah, they, they've explained how they add value to like they haven't explained how they add value to this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, besides saying I'm good at it without providing any evidence. But we could find facts. anyone that's good at it. Like Brad's good at it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they they haven't and mentioned that's... why them specifically is a better option than anyone else we could find. Yeah, it's like well, it's difficult to pitch a role playing campaign to someone we have no idea if they want to do one. It's like it's almost like you should have pitched one. Mm-hmm. If, you th- if you're the expert on fucking setting them up, set one up that you think would entice us. All I was trying to do was find out um, if you had an interest in trying it, which we do because they mentioned that we've mentioned it in video. So you know that we are. We just want a proper pitch. Mm-hmm. A proper pitch. And it's like, I also don't th- see how it will cost you travel and equipment. And I've stated multiple times, I would come to you and provide everything necessary. So Lucas, like we just said, like you have to travel to Sheffield. Yeah. I have, even though I live here, I've still got to travel. Mm-hmm. I've got to take time out of my day to do this. Yeah. And that's something that really annoys me about people not respecting your time. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't see how it costs you anything. All you've got to do is turn up. It's like... But turning up in be... itself is like time spent making no money that we could be using to either enjoy our lives or make fucking money. Or film, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have... I have a no business plan, no return on investment projections for you, no viewers to bring with me. I'm just an avid role player with the basic of an I- the basics of an idea, which doesn't seem to be enough for you. When I understand that, and that's the thing that really pissed me off as well. They're framing it as if like, well, I'm really sorry that you just don't like believe in this idea mm-hmm. as much as me. It's like you don't have anything. It's not. 
It's like saying something. Do you know what you should make a video about this topic? Oh, do you know anything interesting about it? No, I just like to see you talk about it. So you're not going to put anything. And then if we did that thing, like I suggested that. Mm-hmm. So you didn't do anything. That's my idea. And it's just, yeah, again, like when you're collaborating with someone, which essentially this would be, this would be like a business yeah. collaboration. Yeah, you should either have an idea that is like unique. You could um, have an idea that will make us a lot of money, as you said, like return on investment. You should have... Even like, if it's not going to make us money guaranteed. It's like, yeah. at least give me an example of how it could. Like, do you have, how is this do you beneficial? have an audience that you could lend over to our channel? Do you have any specific unique theme or plan for the campaign? Like, no, I just kind of thought it'd be fun and I don't think it's going to make you any money and it's going to cost you a lot of your time and effort. Like, oh, and right. And then, Luke, are you, ready to get, are you ready to get pissed off? Unless you have something positive or constructive to add, this will be my final email. So they're reaching so this- out to you and then getting pissy with you going, well... If you don't have anything to add to my business proposal that isn't a business proposal, then good day, sir. Exactly! Which is why, you know what, I'm like, well, I was sat on the toilet, I'm like, fucking, I'm going to keep messing this first. <laughs> Do you know when you're like there, like, I'm going to write an email? Do you know that thing where you get so annoyed, mm. like, you sit and you get into, like, the, your inner Britishness comes out, I'm going to write a proper email. I'm going to So send I thought, fuck it. Yeah. A sternly worded letter. Mm. So I was like, you're the one pitching um, us to the channel's business accounts. And I put business in capital letters, which I take very seriously as we consider all offers of a business variety. And I expected you'd have something, anything approaching a proper pitch and wanted to know what it was. I assumed seemingly incorrectly that you wanted to work with us in a professional sense and gave you the same courtesy I would any potential business acquaintance. My time and a reasoned response. Are you telling me this was prompted by you thinking it would be fun and that's in quotation marks, for us all, despite not having any idea of who we are as people, a common issue we've discussed on the channel itself. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing of like, oh, I think it'd be great to work with you guys. Why? Oh, I think your videos are fun. Like, do you, you don't know us. That's why the channel exists. It's because we're all friends. Mm-hmm. We've known each other for decades. Oh, you all seem to have such good chemistry. Why is that? Because we've known each other for a decade. Yeah. As for expenses, Nisha, Lucas and Brad all live quite a distance away from the channel's home base, and travel is both time-consuming and expensive, not to mention any time spent planning and acting on this idea without workable footage being made is wasted for lack of a better term. And it additionally costs us, you know, the time and setup and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's also the use of our equipment for any filming that did occur, plus the additional cost of time when someone had to edit any footage produced. A rule of thumb is that 10 minutes of workable footage generally takes about 5 to 10 man-hours to create when all the work is factored in. Which is, I think that's a reasonable amount. Like, you know, a fact theme video is about, like, you know, 10, yeah, 15 minutes long. It probably takes about 10, 15 hours all in to when create, you think about like, like, writing, editing, filming. Everything involved. And, like, when you um, you also just, you know, take into account, yeah, this is how fact fiend operates and, like, at the production level we're working on and stuff. Like, that, that can vary massively. Like, if someone wants to record themselves just talking to the camera for five minutes and post mm-hmm. it on tiktok that's a very different thing and obviously it depends on everybody's like way of working and that's why it was frustrating me it's like complete ignorance of the way this would function but mm-hmm. then saying well you're wasting my time 
And it's like, you're requesting a sizable investment of time and energy from all of us and can't even provide the most basic breakdown of how it would be beneficial to the channel. Mm -hmm. I fail to see how I'm the one wasting anyone's time here. I gave you ample opportunity to convince us of the idea's potential. You spent most of it talking about yourself instead of the idea. The latter being the thing you're trying to sell us on. I think that's fair enough. And they just responded. And this is the last message they've sent. This is the first email that's had any degree of professionalism to it. I found you quite blunt and abrasive in your previous ones. I spent a lot of my time talking about myself because you kept asking questions about me. He's like, no, I was asking about your idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is my first attempt at proposing an idea to a creative team. And I was clearly ill-prepared, but I will try to remain professional and courteous with my response. So that's, it's like, I, it's all it is, is somebody like trying to disguise the... I like you know that they want to hang out with them because like and with they, us they fucked up and then sending it to a business account and being like yeah this is definitely a business idea even though it's just I want to hang out with you the the instant I started asking like what's the business well I've got no business plan it's like but I wasn't and then when I said well are you just trying to hang out with us no we're not trying to do that that's not you know it's just you no know, it's a, an idea that I clearly haven't researched it's like you clearly did because when I asked you about your thoughts it's like well. They had clearly put a lot of thought into what would happen. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, we'll meet up. Like, you know, remember, notice as well how we started, like, you know, we'll meet up one time. So you only t you meet me once mm -hmm. at a mutual location, and then a couple emails down the line. You know, we probably need a couple of in-person meetings before we all do this. Yeah. It's like how, how quickly and how subtly they try to, like, you know, up the amount of um, uh, time we've got to invest into this idea. And again, I'm just sitting here going, well, why are you needed? Like, why can we not just do this ourselves on our own time? Like, call out the middleman. We don't need to pay you that way. We don't need to waste our time getting to know you that way. We can just do it ourselves. And even when I gave them the opportunity to provide that information, they're just like, well, I think I'm pretty good at it. It's like, then show me! Yeah. <laughs> it's just... that. Like, and I wanted to share that because that was like my morning this morning when I woke up and I was like checking because I got all the contracts and stuff we've got to sign later and I looked at him and went fuck you but no get my I mean, coffee I think I honestly the moment I realised this person just wants to hang out I would have been like look I'm okay I don't know why like don't know why you bothered to give her the time of day for that long like dear god it's because I wanted them to admit it no I, I know I know what you're doing the sunk cost fallacy of it all as well of like I've put my time into this conversation and you're just wasting my time like give me something yeah and then when they turn that thing around of like oh yo um, uh, please don't waste my time anymore and it's like <laughs> Carl I can't believe how rude you were to waste their time <laughs> after they reached out to you with a quote unquote business proposal that was I want to hang out with you guys because you seem cool and you know as well there's a context to this of why this in particular will piss me off. You know there's a very specific context about someone reaching out to me with a business proposal which they didn't think out yeah. and then got mad at me for um, uh, asking about um, details. Mm -hmm. Why that specifically will piss me off. This has happened to me before and it was infuriating. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let, let us know if you, if, you, if you have a business proposal to make for the Five Feet channel <laughs> and you can just explain basic concepts like how it will benefit us in a monetary sense. Mm -hmm. uh, feel free to reach out, but don't just reach out and like, hey, let's hang out. Which is what they clearly want to do. And the fact they didn't admit it, that's what's got me. Yeah. The fact they didn't just admit of like, you know, hold the, like, oh, okay, hold my hands up. 
I wanted to hang out with you guys. I didn't realize how busy you are, how much mm-hmm. work goes into creating the content I didn't, that you do. I didn't they think could, it they through. They could have said anything like that. Or even, you know what? I've clearly not thought this as as far through in terms of a business proposal. Let me mm. get back to you. I'll I'll work on that. Come That's back with like, like anything a, a like proper that plan. I'll research. I'll come up with like a proper campaign idea. Tell you why you should be invested in me. Yeah, I'll reach back out when I've like just address any of the comments that I've made mm-hmm. or, you know, alleviate any of my concerns. Again, at no point have we said, like, this no. is... No, I, I never said no. This is, like, a, something that we would never do. It's just that, A, we could do it ourselves and plan to do it ourselves when we get, like, I believe, three more patrons on the channel. And obviously mm-hmm. it won't be instant, but then plans can start to go ahead. Um, But, yeah, just, like, the idea that, yeah... It's not that we're against the concept of somebody reaching out to do this. It's just that they have zero plan or selling points or anything. Yeah. And that's what got me. And it's like, that's all you had to do. And I was getting just so frustrated. Like I said, trying to get blood from that stone. Mm -hmm. Tell me why we... Because that's the I never said no. I never said it was a bad idea. I never disagreed the idea wasn't good. All I asked was, tell me why we should do it with you. Mm -hmm. What are you offering in this scenario? Because it is a good idea. It's just that you're not telling us why your version of it, like why. It's like the thing, like when YouTube, those like, what they, those big like network companies that reach out to YouTubers of like, oh yeah, you should like, you know, work with us. Why? Well, we'll give you more views. So, you know, they they do, and that's Mm -hmm. like, you know, a pitch to do that. Like you wouldn't sign with them. We never signed with one because we know like the seedy stuff, but that is and a we've very seen over the pitch. years how much like creators have come out and been like, yeah, this completely ruined me after a couple of years because they they completely took advantage of my situation and stuff. Yeah, but they still had an enticing pitch. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like you know the sponsors that we're working with, like they had an enticing pitch of like we will give you this amount of money to do this. Mm-hmm. That is an enticing pitch, and you know then you work out the business and that. Like, that is an enticing pitch. On the surface, but the fact there's no meat, there's no depth. There's a bone with there's no there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Like there's no meat on them bones, and the fact that I had there's to no spend twenty actual, emails. Like there's no idea substance. behind the idea. Yeah, it's like going to someone of like I've got a vague business proposal. We should do it, and then they're expecting you to do all the work because mm-hmm. that's what got me of like, well, you you know, you let me know a neutral place we can meet. No, that's not my job. Why have you not? You should be telling me this. Why don't you tell me? Why have you not said, like, well, I found a, a neutral location that isn't your office that, like, works well and is a quiet environment and a good place to I film. I can reimburse and... you. We can reimburse you for travel. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, because I want you to take time out of your day to come do this idea. Yep. No, it's just like, I don't know where we'd meet. I don't have a plan of where or when we do this. I don't have a release plan. I don't have a campaign idea. Like, not even a campaign idea. And you're reaching out to sell us on a, you leading a campaign. Not even a single fucking testimonial from mm-hmm. the apparently hundreds of people they've worked with who say they're a good GM. Yeah. Like, not even a single quote from one of them. And I understand. About them being good at You know, people are not business savvy. Um, or you don't start your life being business savvy. You have we to don't. learn these we things, do. like we all do. And by, by no means are Carl and I, like, complete like know it alls in terms of business either um, evidently yeah but at the end of the day if carl is asking you these questions like maybe take some time to go away and think about it 
rather than just that, immediately that... responding, well, I think I should do it, though. But why? That's the thing. But why? And just, that's all the, the message I want to leave everyone with. Like, whenever you think you have a good idea, just ask yourself, but why? Mm-hmm. How will this benefit people besides myself? How much work are other people going to have to put into my idea? At which point, is it really my idea anymore? Mm-hmm. How much compensation or input should I have on something when I'm asking other people to put in more effort than myself? Yep. Business! But speaking of business, Lucas, what we got to plug? What's your business? My business is that you can yes. find me over on twitch.tv slash Legend of Canto. Uh, yes. I've been streaming regularly like Tuesday, Thursday nights. Uh, yes. 10 p.m. British time, and yeah, and I believe the day this podcast goes live, you will be um, streaming Mario Kart against fans. That of is yours. true. Yeah, I've not played the latest Mario Kart track, so tonight I'm doing a community night again, 10 yep. p.m. British summer time, and uh, yeah, Ooh. find me on my Twitch channel. And if you've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, come and play. Yeah, and if you're in the Twitch chat you can go to like your discord where you get find information on how to join indeed so i think people could go your if they're clicking this before the stream goes live then go to your dis your twitch and just like exclamation point discord to get a link to the discord to go in there mm-hmm. or maybe if you put a discord link below this podcast i believe it normally myself, is in the description yeah yeah for myself just twitch.tv forward slash carlswood you'll find everything you need to know there and I'm, i need the bathroom again because i drank so much coffee and i got so <laughs> irate <laughs> So look, I'm going to close this one off and I'll come back and I'll speak to you in a minute about the stuff we're doing after this. So we, uh, we're leaving the podcast there indeed. Yes. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Thank you very much.